Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer. I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. I'm Greg Oliar. Four years ago, I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates. In 2018, I wrote a best-selling book about it, Dirty Rubles. In 2019, I launched Prevail, a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin, spies and mobsters, and so many traitors! Trump may be gone, but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail. Thanks to SoFi for supporting Mueller, she wrote. SoFi is the leading student loan refinancer in the United States. They've refinanced hundreds of thousands of student loans. It's fast, easy, and all online. Check your rate in two minutes at SoFi.com slash AG. Also, thanks to Beta Brand for supporting Mueller, she wrote. Who says comfy can't be work appropriate? Beta Brand wants you to look good and feel good, even at the office. Go to BetaBrand.com slash AG, all lowercase, and get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants today. And thanks to Clutter for supporting Mueller, she wrote. When it comes to making life easier, Clutter is the undefeated champ. Their on-demand experience takes the self out of self-storage. Clutter has great sign-up bonuses and get $50 off your first month when you sign up at clutter.com slash AG and use code AG at checkout. This is Jack Bryan, the co-writer and director of Active Measures, and you are listening to Mueller, she wrote. Lucky you. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. 
I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How was your week, guys? Good, yeah. Hang out with the girlfriend. What about you, Jordan? It was good. Dad had surgery. Everything went really well. And now he's uh, just waiting to get his neck surgery on his torn bicep. (laughs) (laughs) Right before his back surgery, he went and did some... uh, baton relays at the velodrome and and uh, completely ripped his bicep from its yep. elbow holder yep. i don't know the, uh, <laughs> I don't know the uh, technical term for that and i've been nice. in medicare or not medicare but i've been in healthcare for quite a while yeah, i don't yeah. know the technical term for that well you're the most qualified to just make up something so i'll take your word for it elbow, elbow holder, holder. <laughs> sounds good yep to me so yeah so now he's going to recover from back surgery and then he gets to go and get that fixed yeah mm-hmm. well i'm glad he's in good spirits and doing well at least and um i'm glad to have you back so. totally yeah thank you for the good vibes that everyone sent too they were felt and heard and everything went great yeah and uh, i know you asked for a rain dance and i was like no i'm tired of the rain and then it was sunny the next day yeah you asked for a sunshine dance instead and we got some sunshine it worked out so yeah. do that again please thank you guys for memorial <laughs> yeah, day it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. right now because yeah. <laughs> it's gross out yeah please send videos of your sunshine dances yes. <laughs> oh yeah hashtag sunshine dance mm-hmm. uh, video yeah are we Twitter. soliciting cultural appropriation no you don't think what? so <laughs> i'm surprised no one sent emails yet i don't i, I mean i can't say I, I am not um i guess native american would be what you're thinking yeah, i was yeah. insinuating wiccan oh, oh very yeah. white. i was just thinking about hipster <laughs> very <laughs> white <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, if we That's separate, so, yes. oh yeah, yeah. If we separate the rain dance from the sunshine dance, like it's a whole new thing. Then I think we're good. Yeah, no, I think the Wiccan defense is good. That's fair. The defense. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! It'll have to do. Okay. Yeah, I went to a Wicked celebration a couple weeks ago. Were and, you naked? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I guess it was in public, so maybe that was not an option or something. But uh, <laughs> but there was dancing for sure. Dancing yeah. and chanting and poles and ribbons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do a lot of that. So yeah. And hey, if that's your thing, right on because it worked because oh, we got yeah. some sunshine. Whatever <laughs> floats your boat. Totally. Uh, I was fucked by a coven of witches. Sorry. Was, what, what's that movie? Oh, Four Rooms. <laughs> I have not seen that one. I said either, but it it's sounds really good. good. It's good. Tim Roth is in it. It's really fun. Okay. You should you should check it out. It's on my list. There's probably someone in there who's been me tooed, but it's a, it's a cute movie. Damn. Yeah. Most movies, unfortunately. <clears throat> right. And we still haven't found a clean 80s movie. Oh, yeah. Let us know, guys, if, um, if you come across one. I think we got The Princess Bride. Uh, in there, which I thought was great, except for the part where he's like, won't you trust me? Uh, would you take my word as a Spaniard? And he's like, no, I've known too many Spaniards. <laughs> I don't know oh. if that, that could probably be taken yeah. the it, wrong way. It could have been worse, yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's literally horrible. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I don't know if you could take that the right way. Oh, yeah. If you replace that with black people, I'd be really offended. So who am I to say that's okay? Yeah. <laughs> I know too many black people. It's like, damn, that sounds racist. Yeah, yeah. I've known too many Spaniards. (laughs) Mm, Won't you trust me? Nothing comes to mind. Yeah. So, um, 
Let's see here. It's been an incredibly newsworthy week, you guys. Uh, multiple court wins for Democrats, which we'll hit in the hot notes today. Multiple indictments this week, which we'll cover during the Fantasy Indictment League. Uh, we have a live show in Minneapolis at the Parkway Theater, June 14th. We're thinking of setting up a meet and greet for patrons on June 15th. So that's the Saturday after the sh- uh, show. So if you want, if you own a restaurant or bar out there, let us know. Uh, send us an email at hello at Muller She Wrote and see if we can hook something up. Uh, and we would also like to announce we will be at Lincoln Hall in Chicago on July 27th. Presale tickets will be available to our patrons this Wednesday, uh, and we'll mail the presale password to our patrons before that, so make sure you check your junk. Uh, tickets go on sale to the public Friday, so you'll have a couple days of presale as a patron. If you're not a patron and you want uh, presale opportunities for shows, uh, let's see, we're working on Denver, San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland. Um, as a patron, you'll get early. You'll get early access to the presale uh, for some of those shows. You'll get um, early episodes, bonus content, our newsletter, which includes my show notes, and an array of thank you gifts. So head to patreon.com slash Mueller, she wrote. Our Patreon is what allows us to provide health insurance to our staff. So thank you so much for supporting women in podcasting and our health. Uh, we would also uh, like to tell you we'll be at the Philly Pod Fest on July 17th, and you can get all of our current show dates and information and ticket links at MullerSheWrote.com, which is also where you can find our new email form for my favorite segment, Corrections. It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. Oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> That's right, guys. We created an easy way for you to send us corrections. Just head to our website, MullerSheWrote.com, click on Contact, then select Corrections. And the best part is the form includes fields for you to build your compliment sandwich. So you have to say something nice, and then you can give us the correction, and then you have to close with something nice. Yeah. Uh, so, and you can't send the form until you say nice <laughs> things. <laughs> We're setting them up for success. It's, it's better for everybody this way. We are. So, uh, yeah, head to MullerSheWrote.com, click Contact, and select corrections. If you have any corrections from any of our daily episodes or, or this episode, we want to get it right. It's important to us. Yeah, yeah. And, and did you want to mention the correction we got about Oreos? Uh, we're going to go through all the corrections now. Awesome. Yeah. Because we got, we only had one last week, but we got a few this week. So <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> we, backed up. <laughs> I think we messed some stuff up. Uh, during the daily updates, I had asked how the anti-abortion laws were going to get around HIPAA laws, which is the Healthcare Privacy, Healthcare Insurance Portability and Accountability Act is what HIPAA stands for. Not that I'm an expert. Um, <laughs> and these are the privacy laws about healthcare. However, it was pointed out that there are exceptions for ju- judicial proceedings and law enforcement, which means if a prosecutor wanted to make sure you had a miscarriage and not an abortion or vice versa, they could subpoena your medical records and your doctor would have to hand them over. Mm. Gross. Yeah. Um, Along the same lines, uh, when we discussed the fetal heartbeat bills, we were uh, talking like they can actually hear a heartbeat at six weeks when they actually cannot. These are electronic pulses coming from a mass of cells. And not a fully formed heart. So these these are misnamed as heartbeat bills. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess the other one would be a little long, you know. Uh, <laughs> electronic pulses from a massive group of cells, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Republicans wouldn't really latch on to that one. Doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Sure, then they have to think about science. <laughs> it would just scare them away. They'd be like, I don't like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't like this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so thank you for that. Um, I'm going to make sure not to call them heartbeat bills because the fetus can't have a heartbeat at six weeks or eight weeks or 15 yeah. weeks or yeah. anything like that. So. Right. I still like the idea of the Republican heartbeat bill. You know, <laughs> I search for their heart. <laughs> You'll never find it. True. 
Um, so forever stuck in committee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their hearts got stuck in committee this week, and that's where they died. Uh, I was told, um, I said substantive, and it's, uh, or I said substantive, and it's substantive. And okay. I, I did know that. Uh, both, either are correct, but substantive is the preferred pronunciation mm. of that. Kind of um, like to converse or like to conversate, or are those totally different? Well, conversate was just added to the Oxford English Dictionary. Whoa, it was never a word. It, guys, we did it. <laughs> it was never a word to begin with, but now it is. And that's nice. how language works. Yeah. Mm. It'd be like that. <laughs> I don't know how the universe do what it does, but it be. <laughs> Black science man. <laughs> I met him. I met Black science man. <laughs> yes, you did. We got photos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I love him so much. I know. He's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the daily episode called Meet the Flintstones, uh, Jaleesa jokingly said, we aren't colorologists. Uh, and you were corrected. The actual term is chromologist. Oh. Uh, I think you were just being funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was pretty close, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> colorologist is probably like a hair person. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's actually just a colorist. One yeah. time someone asked me to like just check their nipple out for something. And I was like, I'm not a nippleologist. So like that's what I had in mind. Yeah, you just, you just add that to add anything. Add ologist yeah, to the yeah. end of anything. Yeah. Colorologist is like a kindergartner. Oh, yeah. That's adorable. Inside the lines. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. We also learned that we don't exert privilege. We invoke, assert, or claim it. So thank you. Good to know. Mm. And uh, what was the first? What was the incorrect one? We don't exert privilege. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Invoke, assert, or claim it. I mean, you could say it, but it's more proper to say that you invoke, assert, or claim privilege. Okay. Cool. Uh, whether it's executive or white or whatever kind of privilege here. <laughs> Those two things are kind of the same. Pretty much. <clears throat> uh, the Android version of Siri is not Hey Google, it's OK Google. And oh. I hope I didn't just set off all of your devices and <laughs> interrupt our podcast. <laughs> Alexa, play Muller, she wrote. Um, okay, and here's what you were talking about, Julie. So we got a note about the term Oreo from someone who says that they are, have been called an Oreo. Uh, she says she can't help it. She loves white things and black <laughs> things. And if we called her on the phone, we would 100% assume she was a middle-aged white woman. But she says an Oreo is not a race traitor or an Uncle Tom. She says Ben Carson is for sure a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but an Oreo and an Uncle Tom are mutually exclusive things. I like that. Yeah, I can definitely relate to being called an Oreo and feeling um, like negative feelings about that. But I like the fact that she's embracing the fact that she likes all kinds of things, all different types of cultures and yeah i like that i like that perspective a lot yeah i think it's more the person who calls someone an oreo that's an asshole than the actual person who's Definitely. being called an oreo mm-hmm. yeah yeah probably i would at least i would feel that way but i I'm, can see the uh, i can only guess yeah the that would be a really useful distinction for sure um i found that some people have have used oreo like in a really weird self-internalized way like oh i'm i'm proud that i act white or i'd rather be white and i've seen that it falls under more uncle tom like she was saying it's better to keep that probably separate okay yeah for clarity i mean it's cool with me yeah it makes sense yeah, yeah. i mean everyone's got their own experience right mm-hmm. uh jordan we got a few emails about eclipse ball oh yes did you mean ellipse ball oh yes <laughs> Okay. Yeah, there I we can, go. I can see how. You Wait, how did I? That. How did we not catch that? Well, I've never heard of. I ellipse. figured I was just too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ellipse ball. Is, this is the first time hearing about that. Well, ellipse yes. is an oval shape. Oh, it's not called an eclipse. Oh, okay. No, I, I, yeah. So, okay. Here we go. We're <laughs> so about to I get thought, into some. Shit. I thought your eclipse ball was shaped like a like a crescent moon. Yeah, like you know how the eclipse 
crescent oh, something. Totally. Like, Thank like you a for C going shape. with me on oh, that. Oh my goodness! No. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that they're totally separate. Honestly, like I, I always assume an eclipse is an ellipse. I forgot an ellipse was the actual word for the shape of like a an stretched out, yes. yeah, yeah, circle. Mm-hmm. And an eclipse is just when something goes over something. Yeah, like any shape. like a lunar or solar wow. eclipse. Yes. This reminds me of when I was a child and I, for some reason, kept calling horses forces. That's hilarious. <laughs> nice. And my mom didn't correct me because she thought it was cute. Aww. But thankfully, you all are not my mom. So yes, yes. Here we are. Yeah, I never got corrected for calling them hoppy grass or bugs. <laughs> Snakes or danger noodles. Danger noodles. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's more of an adult. True. True. Yes. Do you have any funny things that you called uh, stuff when you were a kid? Let us send them to send us <gasps> yeah. to us because I used to have different names for like if I wanted my dad to carry something, I would ask him to heavy it. Yes. Heavy this. Yeah. When I was a kid, because my last name is Johnson, I thought that we had some kind of stock in Johnson and Johnson. Like I don't know if that counts. Oh, like you were the heir. To yeah. Johnson I was like, Johnson. why? Why are we poor? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's up with this war? Yeah. Why are we buying baby oil? Shouldn't we have like a lifetime supply? <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> Where's our lifetime? supply yeah. baby powder <laughs> all right and then regarding our story about trump's plan to pardon war criminals which we'll go over again later in this show we did this during a daily episode this week for patrons uh, and whether or not that violates some kind of international war crime uh, a few folks wrote to remind us that the u.s congress has not ratified the rome statute and therefore we are not an international criminal court member state ergo they do not have jurisdiction over american war criminals so there you go there's mm-hmm. the answer to that all right all right, guys, those are corrections. Um, we now have a place, like I said, specifically for those corrections. Head to MullerSheWrote.com, contact, select corrections, and fill out the form. We'll get it right eventually, we promise. <laughs> That's our slogan. <laughs> I know. We'll get it right eventually. Yeah. We promise. <laughs> what a, we sound like a super, like, a legit news organization yeah. when, when your tagline is, we'll get it right eventually. <laughs> That's us. Um, but, you know, we're not lawyers. We're not... We're I'm not colorologists. I must said I'm not a doctor, but I am. But... Uh, yeah, we don't, you know, shit. We're comedians. Right, right. Yeah. Let us know what's wrong, and we'll, we'll take care of it. All right, guys, uh, that's that. Let's get into the Mueller news with just the facts. All right, we found out this week that a Deutsche Bank employee was fired for flagging Trump and Kushner transactions for potential money laundering. Jordan, you have that story for us in mm-hmm. Hot Notes a little mm-hmm. bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trump may be preparing pardons for servicemen accused of war crimes, as we were talking about in corrections, as the White House has made expedited requests this week for paperwork needed to pardon servicemen from some very high-profile cases, including murder, attempted murder, and desecration of a corpse. And he wants to pardon these guys on or around Memorial Day was what was seen in the memos. So gross. Uh, one of the requests is for Special Ops Chief Gallagher, a Navy SEAL who breaks watermelons with hammers. No, uh, a Navy SEAL who <laughs> shot an... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to joke about this. This is <laughs> no, actually a, literally horrible. Yeah, big juxtaposition there. <laughs> uh, Navy SEAL, he shot unarmed civilians and murdered an enemy captive with a knife while deployed to Iraq. Other potential pardons include the case of a Blackwater security contractor. That's the Blackwater is the former private contracting uh, security mm-hmm. agency headed up by Eric, Eric Prince, Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose sister is Betsy DeVos. She's our education, education secretary. <laughs> and um, anyway, he was found guilty of shooting dozens of unarmed Iraqis. Uh, and then an army Green Beret accused of murdering an unarmed Afghan woman and stabbing a teenager. And then a group of Marines charged with urinating on the corpses of dead Taliban fighters that was caught on video. So it's not like maybe he's guilty. Maybe they're guilty. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, veterans groups and many at the Pentagon are outraged by this possible move, as any such pardons could erode the legitimacy of military law and undercut 
uh, order in the ranks. It could encourage this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I've, there's always been like a big discussion about the military courts versus like the public courts, right? Like, because the military, I guess, they're known for looking after their own. Is that the idea? Like in this case, it's going to be hard to prosecute them because they'll probably be like, well. They're like some of our top guys. Like, is that no? Not- they're already found guilty. Oh, so they're they're done. Okay, they're guilty AF. Great, great. Like, yeah, and the Uniform wondering- Code of Military Justice and Court Martial, pretty straightforward courts, uh, especially in these high profile cases. Yeah, yeah. I they, guess my- they did tend to sweep some rape cases under the rug, but those never made it to the you know never made it to the court. I martial. see. Okay, so they're usually mm-hmm. on top of their shit. Yeah, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm glad these guys were, were brought to justice, but it is sad to think <laughs> that they were even able to get away with that at the time. Like, who is allowing that to happen? Were they in charge of themselves? Or like, is there, you know, if there's someone who else who was responsible for them or something? Yeah, and apparently those people turned them in. And that's why they were prosecuted. Good. Yeah, so like people saw these Marines like urinating on corpses and, mm-hmm. and, and took video and they're like, and somebody got a hold of the video and yeah. was like, you can't do this. See something, say something. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah most, of, most of the people, uh, I don't know, I can't even think about giving a percentage, but you know, most of them are like, Ali, you're not allowed to do that. Um, I'm glad, yeah. Unless cause... some shit happens in a vacuum like Abu Ghraib where it's a, uh, uh, you know, an enclosed community and they all start acting that way. Yeah. Um, but generally there's somebody who's going to be like, that shit ain't right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way it should be. So that makes me happy. I, I just get a little suspicious of the military sometimes, but it's good to know that they're getting these fuckers. How long ago was this? You know, uh, 2010, 2006. Oh, that's uh, a long time ago. Yeah. So and these guys. Yeah. Well, Trump wants to pardon them on Memorial Day. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. yeah for some reason, that part like escaped me for a moment. I was just so disturbed by the facts of the, the case. But then to think that on top of that, tr- this is a guy that Trump wants to pardon. Yeah, ridiculous. Yep, and like I said, lots of people are pretty outraged by this, including myself as a veteran. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Uh, and a follow-up story we did last week about Jerry Falwell Jr. and how Cohen apparently obtained and kept a dirty photograph of him right around the time Falwell endorsed Trump for president, helping him secure the important evangelical vote. It was rumored that the photograph may or may not have had something to do with an employee of Falwell's, a 21-year-old pool guy named... Uh, oh, I'll give you his name in a second. What is it? Uh uh, Giancarlo Granada, and uh, and also Granda, Granada, is it or Granda, yeah. Granda? You're right. Okay, okay. Ha ha! Don't send the correction. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Jordan. And uh, Falwell's wife, right? Uh, as they said something like, "This is these are photographs that should be between a, a husband and wife, or something like hmm. that." Uh, we simply don't have any further information on the nature of the relationship between Falwell and the pool guy, but we learned this week from BuzzFeed that Falwell lent 1.8 million dollars lent. Hmm. <coughs> gave $1.8 million to the pool guy for a business venture after he and his wife befriended him during a stay at a luxury hotel in 2012. Wow. In a May lawsuit filed by a father and son who were boxed out of that business venture, uh, it's alleged that the Falwells had developed a friendly relationship with Giancarlo Granda at the Fontainebleau, Miami Beach, flying him. What the fuck? Everything happens in Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the Florida man stories and uh, all that. <laughs> a Florida man. Uh, and so they were flying him in a private jet and then offering him financial assistance before ultimately setting him up, setting him up with this hostel business, lend him a million dollars for that. And then another eight hundred thousand dollars in just cheese. Right. I don't know. So there's like a, a sugar daddy and mommy situation <laughs> happening here. Seems like Pretty, it. There's no yeah. proof of no that proof, yet, but... except there is a photograph of something weird. That... Yeah. And and again, I know people are sensitive about these kind of things, but I have nothing against like if it's a consensual dynamic, but people are worried that maybe there's a power trip, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's nothing that like 
irrevocably ties those two events together this business relationship and then that photo but Mm -hmm. it's yeah just being speculated so for sure yeah these are all beans Mm -hmm. so um but anyway that yeah that's the reporting but it seems clear to me cohen has a photo of at least two of the three of them in flagrante delicto and used it to force falwell to endorse the least christian republican candidate (laughs) ever so put some beans on that but again that's just i'm just connecting dots in my head yeah yeah yeah. the hypocrisy is definitely concerning i can see why this is like a a story that is in the news because some people would say this is too gossipy but i think the idea is that this guy is obviously preaching like the opposite of what he practices Practices and he's a powerful person. Yeah, if you bribe the president of Liberty University to endorse your candidacy by using this photo, then it becomes a public problem. Totally. Yeah. If you cover up the grabbing by the pussy tape and then you're grabbing people by the pussy behind closed doors, maybe even consensually, I want to know. Grabbing him by the Giancarlo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> grabbing him by the Granda. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. And hey, I'm all for it. I love you know three ways with your pool guy. Fucking. High five. Right. Giving him a million dollars, flying around in a private private jet. High five. As long as also no being, being the president exploited. of Liberty University and and being extorted to uh, endorse Trump. Priceless. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ali hoop. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely just want to want to know that this person is not being exploited. And if they are, it's just another reason why this man should not be in a position of power. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if it was all even if it was all in the up and up and there was all consensual, you, you still, still aren't allowed to bribe people. Yeah, right. he's still a hypocrite. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whatever picture it is, it, it can't be very Christian, I imagine. <laughs> If he's saying at least right. the way that he practices, yeah, God took no part in that picture. <laughs> there were orgies in the Bible. Oh, really? I didn't get to that chapter. Mm, that must have been Manafort's. Uh, oh yeah, know, justification. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm. I'm all for orgies, consensual orgies. Everyone signs a form. <laughs> yeah, get on board. You Roll hang call. up some of those Christmas tree air yeah, fresheners. Yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> Okay. Uh, This week, we learned that the Southern District of New York has obtained thousands of documents from the Trump inaugural uh, from a subpoena it issued last December. The next steps would be to call witnesses before a grand jury. This case could take some time, but I'm hoping it all comes out at the height of campaign season. That would be fantastic. Again, I want to be clear. I think Trump should be impeached. Uh, But as we know, he would probably not be removed by the Senate. Uh, But it is our job to impeach him. So we will probably have to vote him out. And uh, the more crimes we uncover during uh, the election cycle, the better. Yeah. Someone said you should run for Senate so we can <laughs> help our chances of like flipping that shit. We need 32 seats Dude, to that'd be flipped. Dope. I'd yeah. have to move. Oh, damn. To that's DC? Right. Anywhere. Um, I'd have to move to whatever state I was running in. I don't think you have to technically live there, but you, it's hard to come in as an outsider. Very yeah. true. And yeah. we don't need any Democratic senators in Unless California. You Mueller well, junkies you do, in that town. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be senator, though. It could also be like a rep. Yeah. In fact, you work your way up to senator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just some thoughts and beans out there. I don't know. I have too many comedy tapes out on the internet. So. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I never grabbed anybody's boobs like Al Franken, but Good I might have grabbed my own and somebody might. Hey, uh, it's just empowering. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Southern District of New York could indict Trump, I guess, for some of these inaugural crimes, because they, there's been rumors that uh, Southern District of New York is like, we're not listening to your stupid Department of Justice policy that says you can't indict a sitting president. They didn't do it when they indicted Agnew um, back in the day. Uh, but as we all know, um, and they could like try like maybe indict him and force him to resign like the Agnew situation, yeah. which is outlined in the Bagman podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know, if he resigns, uh, he, he'll be pardoned of all of his crimes. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I want him to be impeached and not removed and then voted the fuck out. 
Mm-hmm. And then arrested. Yes. Okay. Those, that's kind of my, that's what I want. Yeah. And in order to ensure that we vote in numbers too big to manipulate and that he goes down in 2020, the more shit that comes out next year about him, the better. Yeah. And usually it's harder to beat an incumbent. But in Trump's case, I think there might be an exception. <laughs> he I might be no the clue. most beatable incumbent. Ever. Right. Right. We still got to resist and put up a fight. But yeah, <laughs> I, I do think it's possible. I don't oh. think this is crazy. I don't think so either. But. This tone almost makes me nervous because it's like a flashback to Hillary, or that's what that's well, I was I we, was true. I thought Hillary too. for sure would win. I, at least this time I'm like Trump could win, so I'm gonna put up a fight. Yeah, but but we gotta believe that we can do it. Totally. Yeah, but yeah. I understand your reluctance, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, PTSD for sure. <laughs> Seriously, God. All right, guys. Former White House counsel and star witness in Mueller's findings of at least twelve instances of obstruction of justice, ten of which appear to meet the criteria for criminal prosecution. Don McGahn. He failed to comply with his subpoena to testify. He did not show up for his congressional hearing this week, uh, as we expected, because the White House is telling all former former advisors not to show up, claiming executive privilege over the entire Mueller report and all documents used to compile it, basically. And therefore, any testimony based on any of the documents or the Mueller report is somehow protected by executive privilege. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, if I were McGahn and the president was providing an excuse not to testify to Congress, I probably wouldn't show up either if I was a criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the committee has not yet voted to hold him in contempt. I think these are uh, these beans coming um, that they're going to assemble a contempt subcommittee and file contempt charges on everyone all at once or at least multiple witnesses. Um, And we learned in the meantime that the Dems seem to have a new strategy for public hearings that they're planning to launch after Memorial Day. And uh, these contempt charges seem to be part of like a phase two. Phase one, according to Ted Liu, uh, is called is to call a panel of former prosecutors, some of the nearly 1,000 of them that signed that letter saying Trump is guilty of obstruction, and have that panel of experts answer questions in the committee, in public testimony, about obstruction. Meanwhile, they'll run their contempt subpoenas for folks like McGahn and Annie Donaldson and Hope Hicks and Don Jr. maybe and Mueller, run those all through the court system. And even though calling these hearings uh, an impeachment inquiry would effectively turn the House into a grand jury and legally help expedite the subpoenas, Pelosi is still refusing to do so, saying she thinks she'll be able to force compliance just as fast after seeing how fast two other court decisions were made on subpoenas to Mazar's Deutsche Bank and Capital One this week. And we'll get get into those in the hot notes. I have to tell you about this letter that uh, Ted Lieu wrote to Barr this week. Uh, It's absolutely fantastic. He said, it's just a little tiny letter on May 22nd. (laughs) uh, And he said, dear attorney, dear attorney general Barr. uh, Earlier today, the president stated emphatically, quote, I don't do cover ups. You people know that. Unquote. He also stated, quote, I'm the most transparent president probably in the history of this country. (laughs) Unquote. In light of the president's statements, please let me know what time tomorrow I can come and come over and review the unredacted Mueller report. I simply request the same access you gave to Republican Congressman Doug Collins. Mm -hmm. Sincerely. Ted Lieu. Mm, I love him. I know. That's so funny. And I couldn't believe Trump was like, I'm the most transparent president. I don't do cover ups. Okay. You know, Denison. What's his name? Oh, uh, John Denison or yeah. De- De- David Denison. David Denison. John Barron. John Barron. John Miller. John Miller. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No cover ups. Mm-hmm. What? These are his <laughs> alter egos. If he were a rapper, it'd be totally fine. But those are the fake names he's used to cover shit up. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, you know. Yes. 
Trump okay, has. thank you. I was so confused. I was like, is this a movie reference? It's David Dennison. Another... Yeah, are you, it's, it's like, like Back to the Future name. quotes again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone had a picture of him with a mustache, and they were like, David Dennison. <laughs> ew. Uh, in a related story, Adam Schiff, not ew to mustaches, ew to Trump. No, just yes. ew to Trump. Yes. With a mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a related story, Adam Schiff was going to hold bar in contempt this past Wednesday for not complying with the House Intelligence Committee's subpoena for Mueller's counterintelligence and intelligence material. As we've been reporting, the counterintelligence piece of the investigation is missing from the Mueller report. Uh, no one knows where it is. Adam Schiff didn't know where it was. So he subpoenaed Barr for it. And, we, and even though if there were 40 FBI agents co-located with the special counsel reporting back to FBI headquarters any and all information uncovered that has to do with counterintelligence information, mm. which is uh, the investigation that would determine if anyone in the Trump orbit or Trump himself were compromised by a foreign power, how badly they were compromised, and to what degree of confidence they know that they're compromised. The assistant attorney general, Stephen Boyd, wrote a letter to Schiff saying, if you, if you don't hold your contempt vote, we'll give you some of the stuff and Schiff was like nah I'm keeping the vote but at the last minute Department of Justice caved and agreed to start handing over counterintelligence materials to the intelligence committee <laughs> so I don't think we'll learn much about what these material what's in these materials because they're super highly classified uh, but watch how the House Intelligence Committee behaves in the coming weeks after they view this as the information starts coming in you might see Schiff start to get paler you know, mm. maybe his eyes get a little wider. He's yeah. like, oh, fuck. You know. <laughs> Just watch for that in, in interviews where you see him. And the Devil's Mermaid, Maria Butina, <laughs> is back in the news this week, having released a video from jail. As you all know, she is serving a prison sentence for acting as an unregistered foreign agent. And in a video obtained by CBS this week, uh, which was also posted on public media or, you know, social media, she's asking people to help pay her legal fees. Uh, I guess that sweet, sweet Paul Erickson Beauty and the Beast money train <laughs> jumped the tracks, so <laughs> she needs to raise her own money now. Yeah, her Prince Eric is gone. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Uh, Reuters reported this week that Trump is using campaign funds and Republican National Committee money to pay his legal bills for the Russia probe. Uh, This is money donated by Trump supporters to his reelection campaign in the RNC. And the RNC paid more than $230,000 to Trump lawyers, including Dowd, and a constitutional litigation and advocacy group where Seculo and some other Trump attorneys work. But the craziest part, we learned the RNC paid $2 million to the McGahn law firm Jones Day in their latest uh, FEC filing. And we learned... This uh, is, you know, the same week McGahn refused to testify. And I know this looks really bad, but I want to clarify that the payment was a bulk payment for a bunch of stuff, even though it's like 20 times more than any other single payment to the firm. (laughs) But also don't forget Trump fired Jones Day after the Mueller report came out in retaliation for McGahn helping Mueller's obstruction case so much. And when Giuliani and Seculo got a hold of the Mueller report before Congress or the public, they were pissed about McGahn because Burke, McGahn's lawyer, told them all that McGahn was telling Mueller he didn't think Trump obstructed justice. But Burke probably just told him that to shut him up. <laughs> In any case, Trump fired Jones Day uh, as his firm for the 2020 election, re-election and hired Nathan Groth, a former lawyer for the RNC, instead. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we learned Wednesday night in an interview between Jerry Nadler and Rachel Maddow that Mueller prefers to testify behind closed doors. Uh, to avoid the political circus that would no doubt ensue in a public hearing. He says he wants to give a televised opening statement, um, televised to the public, and then testify in private and then release the transcripts to the public. Oh, all of it. Yeah. 
Interesting. Uh, like, yeah, because I don't think he's going to, unless it's behind closed doors and he answers with any classified information or reveal sources or methods or something that could harm an ongoing matter, they'll, that'll probably yeah. be redacted. I think that's a very fair suggestion and hopefully would curtail some of the theatrics that the GOP is going to do when they're questioning him. Yeah, I could just imagine somebody like Jim Jordan or yeah, like, fuck Tim Meadows. That's why I really like, shine. Why is your face so wide, hearings. you fucking weirdo <laughs> traitor? You know, and I was like, oh God, just <laughs> sit down, fucking Jim boy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be like a, they're just going to completely ask question after question over the legitimacy of the investigation. It's going to go nowhere. It's just going to be a waste of time. They'll probably still do the same thing in some of their form behind closed doors, but at least hopefully they won't be emboldened by the fact that the whole fucking nation is watching live. Right. They don't want like a soundbite. Yeah. You know, that's all they're sometimes they're doing is just to get a viral soundbite or something totally. like a gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's on both sides. You know, that happens Oreos. on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're not going to. That's true. And then they're hopefully not going to be performing for people that don't read. Yeah. And it might actually be smart for the Democrats to have uh, staff lawyers ask the questions instead of, you know, some of the folks that might be running for president um, just to keep keep it apolitical. But. You know, I don't know. Kamala Harris is a really good question. I don't know what what committee he's going to be testifying in front of. So I'm just throwing out senators and reps, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I do think, though, that a lot of outrage is going to come out of that if that's what winds up happening, because so many people want to see it and and want direct access and like knowledge that what they're seeing is what he said. Yeah. Distrust is high. And if it is Nadler, then that's the House Judiciary Committee. So so the senators running for president wouldn't even be in the questioning. But uh, still, just to keep it. Apolitical. Who knows? There's fucking 50 candidates. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw in <laughs> 10 more. Yeah, and we know Mueller um, hates testifying publicly because he wants to appear apolitical. So we kind of knew that. McCabe outlined that in his book, compared it to, you know, being yeah. around a nuclear bomb or something. is like limit yes. your exposure and try not to die. Yep. All right. Yeah. And, and, you know, guys, Trump has gone back and forth on Mueller testifying for saying he would leave it up to Bill Barr, my amazing, beautiful, delicious attorney general, <laughs> whether Mueller w- should testify. Then he said he didn't want him to. Then he went back to saying it should be up to Barr. But now he's back to saying he shouldn't testify. So we'll see where it ends up. Yeah. yeah. Like, no do overs. Right. <laughs> Uh, And in a bombshell story this week, this is big, Washington Post got a hold of a draft memo from within the IRS that contradicts Steve's reason, uh, Steve Mnuchin's reason for defying the House Ways and Means Committee subpoena for Trump's taxes. As we all know, the House Ways and Means Committee chair Richard Neal subpoenaed Trump's taxes under an old law that gives him the authority to do so without questions as to what his motivation is. According to the law, Neal could say he hates Trump and he's ugly and he's got a small wiener and I want to take him down. (laughs) So I need his taxes. (laughs) And he'd have the authority to do that if that were his reason. It's not. hilarious. But he could. You can't take it into account what the motivation is. Nice. According to the law and according to decisions that have been made on that law. Uh, And like we talked about that old case during Vietnam about Congress subpoenaing the IRS tax records for war protesters by an angry white supremacist racist asshole congressman for he really for really untoward reasons. And Mm -hmm. the courts were like, even this guy gets his taxes, you know, the taxes under the law. And they handed them all over. That would be his way to take them down <laughs> look at their taxes don't, yeah mm-hmm. that's such a stupid thing like fucking look at hippies taxes is like the least fruitful <laughs> eight dollars yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> all my they're trying to write off all their weed or something and then they'd be like look they broke the law yeah so dumb 
Like no money to launder. Them, not the hippies. Yes. Uh, well, Steve, along with Trump's handpicked IRS commissioner, who happens to profit off Trump-owned properties, along with the IRS general counsel, who used to work as Trump's personal fucking tax advisor, and whose confirmation hearing was pushed through by Trump ahead of William Barr's as you know having priority. They have all refused to comply with the House Ways and Means Committee subpoena for Trump's taxes, saying that Richard Neal has no legislative purpose to do this. Um, Well, I have a few thoughts. First, Trump thought the appointment of his personal IRS lawyer was more important than that of Bill Barr's confirmation. And that says to me that Trump is more worried about what's in his taxes than what's in the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, for Steve to say there's no no legislative purpose is not only an invalid argument under the law, it's just simply untrue. And if this were political and not legislative in nature, the House Ways and Means Committee could have requested Trump's taxes back in January instead of after Cohen testified that, you know, Trump probably committed bank and insurance fraud or violated the emoluments clause. Uh, But the reason the House Ways and Means Committee wants his taxes is specifically for a legislative purpose. It's to evaluate the effectiveness of the current policy outlining how the IRS audits presidential and vice presidential tax returns. Neil is saying that if it's true what Cohen says, then perhaps we need to question the effectiveness of the current audit policy and consider legislation to address it. Mm -hmm. Finally, the excuse Steve is using that it must serve a legislative purpose was just destroyed this week in two other cases in which Trump tried to block subpoenas of his financial records. And I'll go over that in the hot notes. That's the Mazar. Deutsche Bank, uh, Capital One case, Mm -hmm. two cases, three banks, two cases, (laughs) one criminal. Uh, But this draft memo from someone within the IRS was written last fall, around the time the Dems started talking about obtaining Trump's tax returns. But before Trump could install his personal tax attorney, Michael Desmond and real estate partner, IRS Commission Steve Reddig, someone at the IRS said, quote, somebody might come looking for Trump's taxes. And when they do, I'm I'm paraphrasing, I shouldn't say quote, (laughs) but somebody might come looking for Trump's taxes. And when they do, remember, you have you have to hand them over unless the president invokes executive privilege and probably not even then, meaning the law could be read. Uh, to sh- to say that even an invocation of executive privilege probably wouldn't preclude the IRS and the Treasury from denying the subpoena. So it goes on to say that the Treasury Secretary cannot use discretion when replying to these requests, as if the person who wrote the memo knew exactly what bullshit excuse Steve was going to use. And when asked about it this week, Steve said some bullshit like, oh, this memo is talking about something totally different. Uh, No, it's not. It's talking about this law. It's talking about Trump's taxes. It's talking about you using your discretion to refuse handing them over. Uh, So that's exactly what this is. Uh, That's like eating a popsicle and then having someone ask you how your popsicle is and saying, I'm not eating a popsicle. I'm eating ham. And I don't have to tell you about what I think about the popsicle because it's ham. Fucking dumbass. Ham popsicles coming soon to a store near you. <laughs> meat popsicles. I think it's a hot dog on a stick. Yeah, it makes me think of... Uh, <laughs> that is meat sticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, The Fifth Element, the movie with Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. yeah the meat popsicle line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, something about Mary. We need more meats on oh, sticks. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. all classics. Yes. Man, I miss the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. And then, let's see. Flynn... Uh, is opposing a Washington Post FOIA request about, basically Washington Post said they want the full unredacted sentencing memos. And we got most of the unredacted sentencing memos released by the prosecutors, Mueller's team, last mm-hmm. week, right? And those were juicy as fuck. <laughs> uh, but now they're saying, because they had stuff in them like, uh, you know, Dowd called Flynn and left a voicemail and uh, they have the voicemail. And uh, we also learned that uh, Flynn, that they were, you know, basically dangling pardons to Flynn and uh, a couple other things about Flynn being, uh, you know, talked to by Trump about getting emails from WikiLeaks, like all this stuff. And then WAPO was like, we want the full unredacted ones. And Flynn's lawyers are opposing that, um, saying, you know, they don't want to declassify some of that material. 
and so basically but they but they didn't say anything it's funny they didn't say anything about judge sullivan ordering the Mueller report un- you know the the flynn parts of the Mueller report to be released to the public unredacted he also asked to for that voicemail to be released and the transcripts of flynn's discussions with kislyak hmm. flynn's lawyers aren't opposing that and those are due may 31st interesting but they are opposing this wapo they don't want whatever's in those remaining redacted parts of the sentencing memo hmm. to come out so i thought that was interesting oh yeah uh, maybe <clears throat> maybe this week we'll see a an injunction or some sort of motion by Flynn's team to stop the May 31st Judge Sullivan public Mueller report, mm-hmm. you know, release of information. But maybe he's expecting a pardon still and that info would change Trump's mind. Yeah, because we were wondering about that because we there were uh, uh, uncovered text messages or Twitter DMs from Flynn to Matt Gates mm-hmm. uh, right on the day he, Matt Gates went on to Fox News and started bitching about the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. Flynn said keep up the good work you're a, you're a true patriot yeah, or some shit slid in his DMs and then on the day Barr was confirmed Flynn sent uh, an an eagle gif and a f- flag gif to uh, to Matt Gates after Barr was that confirmed. That is so funny they I speak know. in gifs <laughs> Uh, and finally, Trump has given Barr an all-access VIP pass to declassify material in the new Department of Justice effort to investigate itself in a terrifying new consolidation of power move. Angelisa, you're going to go over that for us later in the show. Oh, yeah. But guys, first, quick word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Hey, friends, this is AG. Did you know that millennials have three times as much student debt as their parents? And right now, you can get your student loans right by refinancing your loans with SoFi. It's super easy. It only takes about two minutes online without a hard pull on your credit, so it won't affect your score. And you can see if refinancing with SoFi could save you thousands. So SoFi is the leading student loan refinancer in the U.S., and they have hundreds of thousands of loans refinanced to date. It's also very user-friendly. I went online myself. I was able to enter a couple pieces of information, and in less than two minutes, I was shown how fast I could pay off my loans and at, you know, very decreased interest rates. I could lock in those rates, and it turns out that with SoFi's lower rates, I could pay my loan off in about half the time with the same payment amount. Uh, But they also give you multiple other options, too, so you can select the payoff plan that works best for you. You also get exclusive benefits to help you get ahead with your money and your life and your career. You'll get access to some awesome member experiences like SoFi-sponsored cocktail hours. I am all for cocktail hours. You get free tickets to shows and even sporting events. And you'll also get access to complimentary career coaches to help you get your next promotion or advise you on how to ask for a raise. And I think that that's a really, really important and, and wonderful service to have at your fingertips. So check your rate in two minutes on SoFi.com slash AG. That's S-O-F-I dot com slash AG. You can lock in a fixed low rate today at SoFi.com slash AG. Again, SoFi, S-O-F-I dot com slash AG. SoFi Lending Corp, CFL number 605-4612. You voted. I did. You protested. Again. You postcarded. So many Sundays. You posted on social media. Got some likes. And you're still reeling from all the terrible news. Yeah, but what else can I do? I'm Kelly. I'm Lila. And we're going to help you figure that out. Each week, we'll interview people on the front lines of political action about the things they actually did to take action what got them started, who helped them along the way, and what they'd do differently if they had it to do all over again. And in the process, we'll give you concrete advice about how to take the leap from freaking out on Twitter to making a difference. 
Follow What Can I Do wherever you listen to podcasts or tune in on whatcanidopodcast.com. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, guys, welcome back. Today, Jordan has an incredible story about a Deutsche Bank whistleblower. But first, Jaleesa has a pretty terrifying move Trump made this week to consolidate his power even further. Yes. So this week, we learned from the New York Times that after Trump claimed the Mueller uh, investigation and his team committed treason, he then gave Barr full authority to investigate the Mueller investigation. And that's why I'm calling this scandal Investigate Gate. So basically, (laughs) the article says that, quote, Trump ordered the CIA and 15 other intelligence agencies to cooperate with Barr or else. And Trump also gave Barr, quote, authority to unilaterally declassify their documents. And apparently this is a top priority of Barr. So he says he wants to know what foreign assets the CIA gave to Russia in 2016 and what those informants were telling the agency about how Putin interfered in the U.S. elections. And Jeremy Bash, who was Obama's CIA chief of staff, said that Trump's decision was, quote, a very significant delegation of power to an attorney general who has shown he's willing to do Trump's political bidding. And I totally agree. Barr is kind of like... Like Trump's quicker picker cover upper, right? Like Bounty, <laughs> there you which go. would explain why Trump's obsessed with throwing paper towels at hurricane victims. So it all makes sense now. The quicker cover upper, yes, <laughs> Trumpy. <laughs> We got to make an ad for that. Um, but in all seriousness, I know, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, I, I dig it. I'm all for stupid ads. Thanks. <laughs> this decision is it's really a slippery slope. So Bash added that, quote, it's dangerous because the power to declassify is also the power to selectively classify. And selective declassification is one of the ways the Trump White House can spin a narrative about the origins or oranges of the Russia investigation to their point of view. It also sends a message to global sources that their identities might be at risk of exposure. So, yeah, very scary stuff. Yeah, that's what Malcolm Nance is most concerned about is that once if these things become declassified, handed over to, you know, Jim Jordan and Devin Nunes and they're publicly released, that no other intelligence agency, uh, you know, of our foreign allies are going to want to work with us anymore. Right. And that's terrifying because we, we rely them. on them. Oh, yeah. The heavily. dossier, everything that we know about the investigation, a lot of it came from these sources. So. Especially like MI5, MI6, uh-huh. the Dutch. They gave us a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Australia. Don't, yeah, don't leave Australia out of it. But there's a lot that we work with yeah. uh, in the eyes. And so it's and it's interesting that you said that uh, the CIA and six and 15 other agencies, that means that's only 16 intelligence agencies and there's 17. So I wonder which one <gasps> he didn't get access to. Yeah, It's probably like one of the lesser ones like mm-hmm. you know bob's intelligence agency yeah somebody went rogue yeah <laughs> he probably just forgot to yeah. add it. <laughs> that's true he just left it off the list oh, that's funny some of the other ones are misspelled so. yeah yeah that'd be great if the fbi was like um you called us the fci and so we don't have to hand over anything <laughs> dobby is free <laughs> dobby is free <laughs> yeah but uh scary scary stuff <laughs> i know we're laughing about the terrifying apocalyptic shit right now i mean we have to right i, I don't want to cry for 60 minutes <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Um but this is this is pretty this is a huge power grab, huge consolidation of power. Everybody knows Barr is in Trump's pocket and it's it's just I don't I don't even know what he's gonna do about that. And fun oddly enough, uh Devin Nunes tweeted uh this weekend he went cherry picking with his family. Yes. <laughs> and he says, went cherry picking today. And you said <laughs> he showed the baskets of cherries and I'm yeah. like, and every day. <laughs> I know. 
he could have easily defended himself with like some hashtag like burns on Democrats or something but or nothing. whatever, but just yeah. no self-awareness whatsoever. And I've got screenshots, so whatever he puts out in tweets that come from this unclassified shit from Barr, I'm mm-hmm. just going to be able to put that cherry picking picture Beautiful. right underneath it. Yes. It's going to be responded to so many of his future tweets is going to be there was that tweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see it now. Lovely. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for that. And yeah, we're going to keep you. keep our eyes on that pretty closely uh, because that is uh, that is a big deal. Definitely. Um, and it does kind of fly in the face of the independence of, of the intelligence community. And, and also it's going to be used to discredit the intelligence community even further. Of course. Uh, and now that all of the, you know, kind of people that were in at least the FBI, like the Comey Five, they've all been ousted. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, the old CIA director, everybody. They went solo, just like bad. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was a good choice, though. Definitely. Uh, all right. Jackson? Jordan. Yeah. Yes, oh. yes, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, Michael Jackson had a pretty one. cool solo career. Oh, yeah, definitely. Totally. Yeah. Private life, questionable. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was either Jackson or Jordan, and I didn't know if that was like a golf reference or oh, something. Oh, funny. Michael, funny. Yeah, funny. Michael I... <laughs> Jordan went solo. <laughs> started golfing. Uh, okay, Jordan, what's the news with Deutsche Bank? This is interesting. Yeah, so like you said, a whistleblower was fired, uh, but there's a bigger story that that falls in the middle of. So back in 2016 and 2017, some anti-money laundering specialists at Deutsche Bank suggested that multiple transactions tied to companies that were overseen by Kushner and Trump ought to be forwarded along to a federal financial crimes watchdog. Apparently, these transactions set off a computer system that's meant to detect fraudulent activity. And my God, that poor system must have been exhausted. Uh, I felt, (laughs) I never felt more sorry for a robot. But once the transactions were flagged. <laughs> Too much data. Too much data. Norman, coordinate. <laughs> Smoke. Death. But once uh, the transactions were flagged, employees prepared suspicious activity reports that they believed should have been sent to the unit of the Treasury Department meant to investigate financial crimes, which is another unit I'd have sympathy for for being so busy, but I do not feel bad for a unit that is tied to Steve. Yeah, that's FinCEN. Um Right. And I think that uh, Barr's daughter just got a cushy job. there. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Uh, and the recommendations never made it to the Treasury Department because executives at Deutsche Bank blocked them from being sent. Wow. And although it's not necessarily the case that the decision to not send the reports was nefarious in nature, employees of Deutsche Bank, current and former, who spoke anonymously, said that it was, quote, part of a pattern of the bank executives uh, rejecting valid reports to protect relationships with lucrative clients. I wonder if one of those former employees is um, Justice Kennedy's kid, Justin Kennedy, whose job it was, he was in charge of the super wealth, you know, real estate, Deutsche Bank funding thing. And he was the one who, up until 2006 when he left, or 2007, he would have been the one that would not, that would have decided to reject sending those SARS to FinCEN. Yeah, Yeah. he's a privileged guy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Interesting. (laughs) It's a profit deal. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so Tammy McFadden, she was a former Deutsche Bank anti-money laundering specialist, said of their inclination to not forward along those recommendations. She said, quote, you present them with everything and you give them a recommendation and nothing happens. It's kind of like the security clearance people. You're exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. She said, it's the DB way. That's Deutsche Bank. Uh <laughs> They are prone. <laughs> not Dave and Buster's. Yeah. <laughs> they are prone to discounting everything. Definitely not Dave and Buster's. That's yeah. just expensive. It's like a casino in there. Though. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, the Dave and Buster's. They're is far more money. expensive than anything that <laughs> yes. goes through Deutsche Bank. Good point. <laughs> totally. Um, end quote. So 
Tammy, she was she was terminated last year after she raised concerns about the bank's practices in New York Times reports, and she's filed complaints with the SEC and a bunch of other regulators about the bank's anti-money laundering enforcement. So there seems to be a pattern of retaliation against whistleblowers in Deutsche Bank, and not to mention the fact that their story of, well, we don't know how he kept getting lent to, becomes like way less believable the more information we hear yeah, like that. That's a process that they clearly were doing, like with the intention of protecting him. Like, yeah. yeah. And these are beans come true because we reported on a story probably about a month ago that said that uh, Deutsche Bank, we you know, knew that uh, Trump, they shouldn't lend to Trump, but they did anyway because they didn't want to lose his business. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Kush. Yeah. Same with the old Kushner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Man, it's like the rich get richer even when they're dumb and like unreliable it's just powerful stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's it's pretty scary Mueller made more money investigating trump than <laughs> trump made in from 1984 right to right yeah. but trump probably yeah, gets so much free shit good. and favors that like even when he's bankrupt he's still living the richer large. you get the more free shit you get mm-hmm. it's, it's weird and it uh, is very weird or the more debt you go into i don't know it's right right crazy or just people that are willing to help you probably yeah and to be fair real estate developers do carry a lot of heavy debt because you know they have a lot of loans sure you know? but yeah, yeah. not not to this degree. Like, he's pushing Not the, the most ever. Exactly. <laughs> right? How is it that our president is that guy? He's the poorest dude in the country. The poorest dude. <laughs> I would love to, like, meet someone that's really wealthy and just actually plays by the rules. I mean, talk to them about, we, yeah. like, what's different about their brain than all these other complete We have sociopaths. some patrons like that, that's you know? It. Not to yeah. put them on blast. I don't know how they feel about, you know, saying no, what Don't say their names. Exactly. But just the idea. <laughs> Rich of, patrons? Absolutely. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, are, no, like, decent true. people from what I can tell. For that's sure. That's very true. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, hella rich. Like You're right, though. I don't know Warren how rich. might have. Like Warren Buffett or Bezos. Yeah. Or... They probably wouldn't brag about it, you know, because they're so humble in that sense. Like, this perfect person. Yeah. Like, you know, Warren Buffett doesn't walk around talking about how rich he is all the time. You know, that's... But Trump does. I'm rich. I'm, I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm stable. Yeah. 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 Smart people don't need to talk. Tell you how smart they are. Not at all. Uh, it's just. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, when you're, it's a small dick energy. Um, yes. Yeah, very and, insecure. And I just want to say, no offense, people that have small dicks. Again, it's just about Trump and and his features in yes. particular. We hate him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, it's it's less about the small dick. It's more about the small dick energy. Totally. You can have a giant dick and have small dick energy. <laughs> That's absolutely right. It's more of a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a way of life. Yeah, yeah. Language is just tricky. That's <laughs> Uh, All right. Speaking of Deutsche Bank and Deutsche Bank alone, two big cases were heard this week, one in the D.C. court, one in the Southern District of New York, both Trump lawsuits trying to block Congress from getting his financial documents from Mazars, uh, which is his tax firm, uh, Deutsche Bank and Capital One. Well, the Democrats in the House Oversight and Finance Committees won their court cases uh, against Donald Trump's legal team. The first ruling came Monday in the D.C. Circuit Court with Judge Mehta uh, in the case where Donald Trump sued Elijah Cummings in the House Oversight Committee to stop Trump tax firm Mazars from complying with a congressional subpoena to hand over Trump's finances, which likely include his tax returns. Uh, in a beautiful ruling by Judge Mehta, Trump learned that his legal argument about Congress having no legislative purpose is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this ruling, and if you get a chance to read it, I highly recommend it. He opened with a quote from James Buchanan, who was complaining about a congressional inquiry into him, saying how it would foster a band of parasites and informers that would lie about conversations they had with the president that couldn't be disproven, thereby harassing him and degrading him. Uh, He then said the House... Uh, only had the authority to make inquiries that have to do with legislative purposes. Sound familiar? Mm. Makes you wonder where they got this whole idea. Uh, other, but Buchanan lost, so I'm not sure why <laughs> why they went with this. Let's go with the losing strategy. It's, right. <laughs> well, it's the only strategy we can find. Even though it's a loser, it was the only one we could find in history. So other than Buchanan, 
Um, other than that, Buchanan said the House has no means to investigate him or no reason to investigate him. And doing so would establish a precedent dangerous and embarrassing to all his predecessors. The judge then went on to say, quote, to be sure there are limits on Congress's investigative authority, but those limits do not substantially constrain Congress so long as Congress investigates on a subject matter on which legislation could be had. Then uh, Congress acts as a contemplate as, as contemplated within Article One of the Constitution, and applying those principles here compels the conclusion that the president cannot block the subpoenas to Mazars. Another great insight, he says, uh, "quote The Oversight Committee's broad investigative power is not new. In each of the four preceding Congresses, all controlled by the Republican Party, including during the final six years of the Obama administration, the House Oversight Committee enjoyed the same power at any time to conduct investigations of any matter." Okay. Uh, so that's like, a, you know, what's good for the goose is what's good for the gander. And my favorite, it is simply not fathomable that a constitution that grants Congress the power to remove a president for reasons including criminal behavior would deny Congress the power to investigate a president for unlawful conduct, <laughs> past or present, even without formally opening an impeachment inquiry. Uh, and that might have given uh, Nancy a little, oh, I don't have to open an impeachment inquiry. Okay, that makes sense. Because this ruling right here is telling Nancy Pelosi, impeachment inquiry or not, I'm going to rule this way and I would have ruled just as fast. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, aha, see, I don't have to open an impeachment exactly. inquiry to get what I need. Avoid the uh, bad optics from that, yeah. At least that's her, that's not mine, we don't share, but that's her, <laughs> you know, justification. Uh, the judge laid out an eloquent case for denying the stay that Trump requested. A stay basically means that Mazars would have to wait to hand over the documents while Trump appealed his case. In order to get a stay pending appeal, Trump would have to establish four things. That he's likely to succeed on the merits. Uh, number two, he's likely to suffer irreparable harm without a stay. Number three, that the balance of equities tips in his favor. And finally, that an injunction is in the public interest. As for the first factor, the court says he's not going to succeed on the merits. They have no cited case law since Kilborn from 1880. And that case does not merit becoming or this case does not merit the first case uh, in 140 years to do so because it does not present serious legal questions that would merit any more deliberative investigation. Basically, this is open and closed. It says you can't do it. It says you have to and you have to. Bye. <laughs> Uh, so he's not going to win this case, basically, is what mm -hmm. Meta is saying. Um, <clears throat> the court did decide that since Congress said they may make some of these documents public, they could cause irreparable harm, but not much since we must presume by precedent that Congress will exercise their powers responsibly. With regards to the balance of equities and public interest, the court merges those and cites case law on how they can merge them because the government is the opposing party and there's a clear public interest in having Congress act, you know, get access to these records namely legislation or, or investigative authority. Therefore, the balance of equities and the public interest weigh heavily in favor of denying a stay and the risk of irreparable harm does not weigh those factors. Trump, of course, disagrees with this decision, said it was wrong and complained about the judge being appointed by Obama. Hmm. He's done this before when he loses. He blames Obama. And uh, a while back, we heard from Chief Justice John Roberts about this shit in a rare public rebuke when he said, quote, we do not have Obama judges or Trump judges or Bush judges or Clinton judges. What we have is an extraordinary group of dedicated judges doing their level best to do equal right to those appearing before them. I remember that. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was like, whoa, mm -hmm. Chief Justice never rebukes a sitting president. Like, that's crazy that he yeah. even did that. So he must have felt pretty strongly about it. Mm hmm. Uh, immediately after the ruling, 
uh, the House lawyers for a similar case sent their judge a copy of that ruling. <laughs> they said, look, see, uh, this is proof. Uh, here's check out, check out this ruling because it's good. They're like, we don't need to write up our whole thing because he just did this perfectly. Exactly. But they will have to. They did have to write a decision. Of course, they have to write a decision. That's their job. But, they, you know, they could use that as uh, justification or evidence or, you know, sort of bolstering their argument that they, you know, can get the Deutsche Bank and Capital One records. Mm -hmm. uh, this case was Trump suing to stop Deutsche Bank and Capital One from complying with a subpoena from Anti-Maxine and the House Financial Services Committee. Uh, we had said Judge Mehta's decision would snowball into all these cases where Trump is claiming Congress has no legislative purpose. And sure enough, later that same day, the judge ruled against Trump in the Deutsche Bank case uh, as well. By And he's, a, he's an Obama appointee too, Edgardo Ramos. Personally, I, I hope it's a, it's like an extra stiletto into Trump's balls that these are Obama <laughs> appointees. Like, right, not in the fun way. I can't shake it. And, you know, this <laughs> could, this could be like the, the impetus that, you know, makes him just want to overturn everything Obama did. Yeah. Whether it's good or not. Uh, Trump immediately appealed the Mazars case and will appeal the Deutsche Bank case as the judge uh, there also denied Trump's request for a stay based on the fantastic argument that Meta made. Uh, but, you know, re reiterating it in his decision. And at one point uh, in the proceedings, Trump lawyers said they were going to negotiate the scope of the subpoenas. And Douglas Letter, the House Dems counsel, scoffed at him. They were like, we're not negotiating shit with you. Wow. Your merits are ass. <laughs> Uh, that's probably, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> and then something interesting happened. Elijah Cummings said he had struck a deal with Trump's legal team that the committee would hold off on executing the subpoena with Mazars in exchange for an expedited timeline for the appeal. Maxine Waters and the House Financial Services Committee followed suit in the Deutsche Bank case. And I have beans on Congress consolidating these cases and fast tracking them. I think they'll be heard by August. Uh, the reason they did this is because um, Congress is so sure Trump will lose on the merits. Mm -hmm. That if they can get an expedited timeline, they would eliminate the risk of a higher court issuing an emergency stay that would block compliance with the subpoenas. And on a normal timeline, those cases could drag out past the election. We mm -hmm. wouldn't see anything. On this, on this timeline, though, uh, the cases would be decided as early as August, perhaps October. The appellate court will deny the appeal based on the merits, probably. Then it will likely be appealed to SCOTUS by Trump. And if it's fast-tracked, um, SCOTUS uh, could hear it. By August or just, you know, at the in, in the fall, then the decision would come out in early 2020. But I don't even think SCOTUS is going to hear this case. Uh, they could issue or they could issue a per curiam opinion without briefs. It could be over sooner than we think. Yeah, because the reason that they're giving for not wanting to comply, isn't it the same one that everyone else is giving right now? Yeah. There's no legislative purpose. Yeah. Well, Trump's lawsuit to block handing over is to say there's no legislative purpose. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, so then if that's already been set in another precedent, then couldn't they just, can they reference one that's like sort of concurrently going on mm -hmm. in another court? I Probably. Feel, yeah. Like, like, the, like they did with this decision. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically, and, and a lot of people are upset with this because if there weren't, if, if Cummings didn't strike this deal and Auntie Maxine didn't strike this deal, we would have gotten, they had seven days. Mazars had seven days. And I think Deutsche Bank and Capital One had a short timeline also to comply with the subpoena if it wasn't even just immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, but you run the risk of a higher court issuing an emergency stay and then dragging it out for years. Yeah. Um, but this was like, tell you what, if you can get this heard and decided right around, you know, before the end of this year or right around the beginning of next year, We'll go ahead and hold off on getting those documents to guarantee that we get them before the election. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the thought behind it. Makes sense.
makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would also like to put some beans on the House Ways and Means Committee getting a hold of Trump's state taxes before these other cases are even resolved. Because this week, the full state legislature in New York passed this, the state tax return bill, which allows the House Ways and Means Committee, the Joint Committee on Taxation, and the Senate Finance Committee to request anyone's tax returns from the state of New York. Yes. And I'm sure Trump will try to sue someone to block it. Uh, but my beans are on us getting his state returns before we get his financials from Mazar's Deutsche Bank or Capital One. Totally. I agree. Although I found a news story buried that didn't get much coverage, uh, and this is according to NBC News. Apparently, Maxine Waters issued more than just subpoenas for Deutsche Bank and Capital One. She also issued subpoenas to Citigroup, Morgan Stanley, Royal Bank of Canada, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and TD Ameritrade. <laughs> what I didn't know until this week was that Wells Fargo and TD have actually already complied with uh, the subpoenas. <laughs> she has thousands of Trump financial documents from them oh hell yeah though she has said quote we don't have any information we can share with you at this time about what we've learned from these documents unquote we also know the royal bank of canada is complying with the subpoena and the other banks may have missed the may 6th deadline set in the subpoena the subpoenas are predicated on the notion that congress is allowed to access the documents under the bank secrecy act which allows them to search for money laundering according to a source so I, th I thought that was interesting. She's already, she's already got a bunch of shit that mm -hmm. uh, I didn't even know she had subpoenaed. Interesting. And I don't know why Trump didn't sue to block these other banks. I, I mean, I guess because he, the, you know, Deutsche Bank's giving him a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, and um, I don't know. Capital One, I think, is where he tried to get the loan to buy the Buffalo Bills or some mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. What's in your wallet? We had a little mini set mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, those might be more important to him that those things don't get out because yeah. that's where he probably lied to them about his uh, assets he's got so. too much shit no one can keep up with all that shit no fixer cover-upper in the world could keep track of all of it yeah can you imagine having to trust michael cohen to keep track of oh that my shit? goodness <laughs> i think he was just the only one willing he was not the most qualified can you imagine his filing yeah, exactly. cabinet he's like all right these are all of our money laundering files these are all of our tax evasion files here's <laughs> my box of phones <laughs> right yeah. things get messy here's some paper towels <laughs> here's my cigar box of passports <laughs> Oh, gosh, guys, that's interesting uh, and uh, funny and also terrifying. Uh, we'll be right back with Sabotage. Hey, Muller Junkies. I spent a lot of time traveling, speaking in front of audiences and meeting with folks like former ambassadors and agency directors and going to meetings with uh, agencies and news people. And while I love wearing my comfy pants, uh, these are more business attire events. But who says work appropriate can't be comfy? Beta brand not only looks amazing, but they're comfortable, just as comfortable as my yoga pants because they are yoga pants. They are my new favorite pants of all time, and they are the Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants. They are ultra comfy. They come in four different styles, like boot cut, straight legs, skinny, and cropped. And while I always buy all black, they do come in all kinds of colors, including your standards, like navy, gray, black, and khaki. But they also have really neat seasonal and limited edition colors they release monthly. These pants are made of super soft, breathable, four-way stretch knit fabric. They are tagless. They're wrinkle resistant. They pack and travel brilliantly. Plus, they have incredible details, like real belt loops, pockets, Pockets, front buttons and faux zippers and you can get them in four lengths so they come in a lot of different sizes I used to buy all my suiting from the standard places and without fail I'd be sitting in a meeting and my pants would be pinching me or they'd get sweaty and uncomfortable I was in a meeting one time and the tag was driving me crazy and I was just really distracted by it I couldn't concentrate on what was going on uh, and I use an exercise ball as my office chair and the pants just didn't move with me they just weren't stretchy and comfortable so that's why I replaced them all with the beta brand dress pant yoga pants and now I'm incredibly comfortable and stretchy all day. I can't say enough amazing things about these pants. They are my favorite. So head to betabrand.com slash AG, all lowercase, and get 20% off your pair of beta brand dress pant yoga pants. 
That's betabrand.com slash AG for 20% off the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. So Renato, do you still have your own podcast? Yeah, it's complicated. What's so complicated about a podcast? That's the name of the podcast, remember? Oh, will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the week's news? You bet. But we'll have a new name because we're going to be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news. Working together? Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember? Oh, right. Wait, does that mean our podcast is going to have a steam mop segment? Let's not get carried away. But we'll discuss hot new legal topics, so check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts as well as YouTube. All right, are you guys ready for sabotage? Yes. All right, and beans come true this week in Sabotage when, despite our long list of corrections, we were right about something. <laughs> uh, we had beans on Trump getting rid of all his immigration directors, uh, and he just let Cisna go, the director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration. Trump is expected to tap former Virginia attorney Ken Cuccinelli to replace him, but that announcement hasn't been officially made yet, at least uh, as of to the, you know, the time we're recording this. This vacancy now leaves all three major federal immigration agencies without leadership, including the director of Gosh. Department of Homeland Security and ICE. Just the way he likes it. Mm-hmm. DHS would be um, partly responsible for election security. So, uh, you know, we lost the head of the Secret Service, too, uh, this week. And I think uh, the next person to go will be the DHS General Counsel, Department of Homeland Security General Counsel John Mitnick. So beans on that guy leaving soon. Uh, this is all, no doubt, the work of Stephen Hairline Miller as the uh, sixth migrant child in U.S. custody has died uh, this week since December. In a related story, Trump has nominated Mark Morgan to head the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, uh, former head of the Border Patrol, a position he resigned from because they hated him. <laughs> Trump had nominated a guy named uh, Vitatello, but he withdrew that nomination, though he did give Vitatello's wife a spot as a federal judge, even though she sucks at talking. <laughs> Uh, and being a human because she appears to disagree with the Brown v. Board of Education ruling. Oh my wow. God. Um, fantastic. Uh, I'm assuming that anyone Trump picks... On what grounds? Sorry to Racism. Know. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> Racist. Your yeah, honor. What's her, what's her cloak reason? I think it was uh, Blumenthal asked, and Blumenthal asked this of all Trump appointees, you know, do you feel that Brown versus Board of Education was correctly decided she was like i would be i can't tell you i'm not supposed i shouldn't say whether i think something was decided properly or not like the answer is yes yeah ask her what she thinks (laughs) about the constitution she'll be like oh well i don't know i guess i'm on the fence Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i guess libertarians are on the fence sometimes yeah i've been seeing more and more headlines of people that are saying that especially it's i just fucking they did a montage of blumenthal asking that question to trump appointees and most of them not answer refusing to answer the question they might be trained for that i was gonna also say board Mm -hmm. on the the next thing they're gonna overturn sorry no no please go ahead no that's it just roe v wade and then that yeah they're going for the classics there's Um, no (laughs) yeah i'm also gonna i don't believe that they're actually gonna try to overturn that really roe v wade no Mm? oh brown Brown, v board brown v board yeah No, this is no. just a this, this is a, just... a litmus test question. That exactly. Blumenthal asks yeah. Are you racist or not? Are you say... going to come out and say that? Are you you a Trump federal judge? Are you going to come out and say that you think Brown v. Board of Education was decided properly, or are you going to dog whistle all the white supremacists that are in your base yep. and not right. say a thing? Yep. I'll just say at this pace with technology and having these issues in this day and age versus where they used to be, 
20, 30 years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if we're having the talk about like Roe versus Wade, like with Brown versus Board, like the way that we're discussing abortion now, like it's actually being banned. I know it sounds crazy to think that these laws would be overturned, but I just feel like we're going a really weird path. And I, I know you guys are being realistic. I just also kind of feel like um, with, with Trump, there were so many things that I was like, this is never going to happen. Not, it seems like nothing's off limits. Exactly. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. But I don't think they're asking that because they're planning on turning overturning it, at least not now. Not yeah. now. It's just a litmus test. Yeah, plant that seed. And then I'll, I also want to say on the topic of the sixth migrant child dying, I was looking into that too. So apparently there have been children who've died in the past, but yeah. through shootings. And this is like oh, the first cases Jesus. of it happening through um, like malnutrition or healthcare neglect, problems. healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what they're saying is like their, you know, extra layer of, of racism. Really. Yeah. Two of pneumonia, one of the flu, a 16 year old Guatemalan boy, a two and a half year old Guatemalan boy, and then a little girl. I don't remember her name or her origin. Yeah. yeah. Or her oranges. I thought you were going to say um, that there are kids that have died way before and we're like just now hearing about it because that's oh, also that something too. that's happening. Yeah, they actually is... withheld this the sixth um, death for like a year, right? Like, I think, yeah, I think I heard like I don't want to misquote this, but mm-hmm. sometime last year. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, if not a year, just several months, they just yeah. sat on this information for some reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we so can that's all assume why. two that have passed away in the last two, week and a half. Mm-hmm. One that we just found out about that died earlier. Yeah, yeah, and six deaths in 2019 alone, I believe. That's right, since December. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's insanity. So, not even including the person that died last year, right? Yeah. Or, you know, well, oh, right. That would have been a different. But yeah, but that's the idea, I think, is that right. it's happening very increasingly exponentially yeah yeah and um going back to the roe v wade brown v board thing i Mm -hmm. think the biggest difference and why i don't think it's where it's heading right now is that there was already a gray area with roe v wade in terms of states rights versus federal rights Mm -hmm. and so or i should say decisions a window for them right yeah yeah, yeah. it's not like right now the states get to decide if they're going to integrate white people and black people in schools sure, you know sure. whereas other but there states... are states who haven't done it in some schools and yet. I, yeah i'll say this I what don't know if... hey, yeah. yeah there's a lot of laws that have like it's the rule of the school no they just haven't have okay. integrated. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say Wanda Sykes. I think it's special out awful, now. Like, I don't know if you guys seen it. The Wanda Sykes special and not normal. She just talks about how race is America's Achilles heel. So you know, like the Russians taking advantage of that. It's like maybe now it seems like you know, oh, we'll be fine. But like we might be set way back before this all settles because race yeah. is just such a, a you know. No, we're going to vote him out before it even becomes a question. I yes. I hope so. That's my plan. And it's going to take longer. Uh, if that was for that to ever happen because that particular thing for like sure. i said it's all yeah it's already just a wishy-washy thing for mm-hmm. each state basically it's yeah. still even though roe v wade was a huge landmark decision sure yeah there I just are think, still like, states that yeah. get to decide like how restrictive they want to be with it to some degree right right i get fearful because i think if you start taking away the rights of women especially like white women it's like oh i thought i thought you guys were protected too to some degree like it's just it seems like once you start stripping away those rights it's like then people that are under the totem pole in America's view it's like I can just see it slipping yeah, no, down we that have, slope. We have privilege but we're still women. Absolutely and and definitely never want to forget that. I just also when I see white people being like affected in any way I'm like uh oh <laughs> who's next you know like it's just as a black person that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, yeah for sure uh, I, I, I honestly I, I think that right now it's a litmus uh, test the Brown v. Board uh, thing but I mean I could see how it would be a fearful because while you're talking about individual states rights for Roe v. Wade it could, it could be presented that way for Brown v. Board too mm-hmm. uh, that the state has the right to decide whether or not it's going to se- keep schools segregated or yeah, and but if hate crimes, that's not how it is. True but if hate crimes keep increasing it wouldn't be unusual to bring up that that discussion of like oh. I didn't even think about that yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like, like well, if they try to put in as like a security. Yeah, thing we need or to something. keep people of color safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, they all have to go to those one. Yeah, school. yeah, it's it's not going to be the way it used to be. They're going to find a way to slip this in. They're gonna, they're thinking proactively. Like I tr- bet the way that they do it is is uh, with migrants, uh, with immigrants. Mm. That yeah, would be MS the, that would be a segregation. Instead uh, of black people, they're going to focus on the Mexicans, but still apply the same racist tactics. Yeah. Or anyone, any migrant. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, Africans from well. any of the three Mexicans, right, right, unless they're from like the right. Netherlands or something, or you know, like the good, good white migrants, like right. But they, you know, they might say, you know, brown people from the southern across the southern yeah. border are in a special, especially elevated is. levels of danger, and they need yeah. to have their own schools. And I mean, that's we a form are, of segregation. We're already putting them in camps. I mean, like literally, mm-hmm. it's like it's happening. That's why I'm thinking maybe that could be step one. Mm-hmm. Very, very good point. Uh, let's see. Also, this just in. Uh, oh, Hope Hicks. Uh, says she's going to cooperate and provide documents to the House Judiciary Committee. Julissa, you were pointing this out. This just came out today while we were recording. Yeah. Um, and the those documents include any personal or work diaries, journals, or other books containing any notes about daily events for the Trump campaign, the Trump Organization, and the Executive Office of the President. Though it does not mention her testimony, but I don't think she's even been subpoenaed to testimony yet. I think that the story was they're going to subpoena Hope Hicks and... Like for else. the documents, yes. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh. For testimony. Oh, I see. This is the documents. Right, and they she's, got it. She's mm-hmm. going to co- cooperate with that. But I think there was news this week that said that they were talking about subpoenaing testimony from Hope Hicks and Andy Donaldson. Awesome. So I don't think those subpoenas have been issued yet, so they can't have been defied since they haven't been issued yet. Yeah, yeah, yet. but, but they're uh, working that on seems it. like something that Trump might come out and say, use the same excuse he's been using for McGahn and Mueller and everybody else to say, these folks aren't going to testify. I'm invoking executive privilege because we've put that over the Mueller report. These documents belong to the White House. I'm interested also to see if Trump stops, tries to stop her, files a motion or some sort of injunction or a lawsuit to stop her from handing over these documents because if they are or do pertain to the Mueller report, he could, um, you know, claim executive privilege over these documents. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how he reacts, because this is a brand new story. He might sue to to stop it. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. A lot of people, too, are upset about the way the New York Times handled the this piece on Hope Hicks. They use, like, apparently a glamour shot, I guess. But she's really attractive, so it's hard to not get a glamour shot of her. But I, I will yeah, say every that... Every shot of Hope Hicks is a glamour yeah, shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they did say that um, she was facing an existential crisis with the subpoena. And people were like, what the fuck? Like, no, you're either subpoenaed and you comply or you go to jail. Like, there's no existential crisis. Maybe right? what like, they were trying to say is that she's so dedicated to Trump, but she's also, you know, doesn't want to break the law, and that's her crisis. Sure, and consciousness. Is I like, just wonder if they off. would use that right. for like a brown person, or yeah, exactly. Like, just in anyone that case, anyone would be going mm-hmm. through an existential crisis. Yeah, like, yeah. Words are powerful when you're the New York fucking Times. So, well, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm sure if they subpoenaed Omarosa, that uh, they probably he'd, he'd would try to block that too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good point. There, the the frustration, I guess, is that because she's like a rich well-to-do white woman basically that there's mm-hmm. some philosophical concept that's tied to totally. it totally and, and maybe the the writer didn't intend for that but that's how people will receive well, it I was, mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking maybe they were doing that on purpose to try oh. to capture that about her okay and maybe it wasn't them buying into that sort of like an observation that she has like that's probably how she sees it instead of something like that yeah, yeah. it's just but it, i don't know it well, really... it's definitely clickbait is mm-hmm. what it is yeah <laughs> it rubbed people the wrong way for sure so yeah totally and they have to click and see why they are mad mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's how it happens. That's right. I, I do it all the time myself. So, yeah. all right, you guys ready for the fantasy indictment league? Oh yes. yeah, I'm gonna be indicted. No, wait, it's gonna be a indicted. Honey, dick. Indicted. Honey, I'm gonna be indicted. Hold it, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. 
I can't calm down. I'm gonna be indicted. All right, you guys. There's a lot of points to be awarded for indictments this week. First yeah. up is Michael Avenatti. He was indicted <laughs> for extorting Nike, but also for stealing a shitload of money from Stormy Daniels. <laughs> yes. Uh, lying, forging her signature. Jaleesa, you did a story on this earlier in the week for patrons. Yeah, yeah. So basically, Avenatti stole about three hundred thousand dollars from Stormy. Um, he did this by. Taking major uh, funds from a book deal, and he claimed that he was Stormy Daniels to get these advances. So he, yeah, he went. He does look just like her. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. He went to the the book deal (laughs) guy. Shows up in drag, like, hey, no, it's me, big fake. You know. (laughs) Yes, Basta. I can just see it now. (laughs) Hashtag Basta. Can I have my book deal, please? Monies, monies. Can I have my book money? It was so crazy how this went down, too. So he basically went to the book deal guy and was like, hey, can I get some of this money in advance? And they're like, no, you have to be Stormy to sign off. And so then he went back and gave them a letter claiming he was Stormy. And then they gave him the money and he did that twice. And so the whole time Stormy's asking him about the deal, like, hey, when is this money going to come in? And he's like, oh, it's coming. I'm working on it. The whole time he's already got the funds. So he underestimated her intelligence. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She followed up. It took a little while, but she did follow up. We're assuming she followed up with the book. I'm assuming she she followed up. She specifically called the book guy. Oh, she did. She did. After, that is reported. Mm-hmm, okay. After asking Avenatti, like, for I was weeks. just guessing. So no, that she, was right. Cool. She did the damn thing. Yeah, that's what I figured. And yeah, when she found out, she fired him in January. And uh, yeah, so. that's what the fuck I would do if I didn't get my money. I'd call the book people. I'd be like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, You already picked it up, Miss Daniels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. No, no, I didn't. She did, she was pissed. Of yeah. course. Did if if like she gave, I don't know if I'm using this lingo correctly, but. If she gave him power of like attorney or something, could mm-hmm. he have done it that way, or was he literally to, like yeah, posing as her? Yeah, he was posing as her. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. He was claiming he was Stormy, not physically, just by right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he dressed up like right, Stormy Daniels right. and walked in and said, "Hey, fellas." Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he, and of course with the Nike thing, he just tried to extort them and like say, "Give my client money, or else." Like he he had some yeah. dirt on them or something. Yeah. He's just a shady, shady Definitely. guy. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. He I didn't extorted mean for that him. to try to get him out of that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he extorted nike he said if you don't give a hand over this money or whatever i can't remember what it was but hey, you know i'm gonna expose you and this and that and mm-hmm. nike's like f off yeah and he kept using these funds for personal things like the money he stole from stormy he used for jets and fancy meals and his coffee tan suits. his apparently shitty coffee business because yeah. he has to steal <laughs> money for, from everybody to pay for that shit yeah including awful one business of his, man including one of his uh clients that was in a wheelchair mm. oh my god i didn't know that one yeah. wow all right. Uh, so he's so like Trump in a lot of ways. It's crazy how like someone who is so against Trump can be very Trumpian in himself. I just thought that was fucking annoying. Yep. And uh, uh, so anyway, yeah, he he you get a point for him, uh, even though this is, it, it is kind of Mueller related because it's Stormy Daniel related. Mm-hmm. Stormy Daniels related. So I'm going to give you a point for that. Guys, then we have some sleeper beans with the indictment of Stephen Cock. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to count him as a rando. So you actually have to have named Cock to get the point. Uh, we've mentioned him a lot too many times on this show. Here's one example from season one back in February, February of 2018, over a year ago during the Vanderswan indictment episode. Let's play that clip. Also on Wednesday, we found out about, about a guy named Cock. And I just love to talk about oh, it because his name is Cock. I don't, I don't know. Five. I've been familiar with Cock for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you something you might not know about Cock. Cock is a banker that lent Manafort money when no one else would, and Manafort may or may not have promised Cock a job in the White House. <laughs> Spe- you can't write this stuff. <laughs> specifically, Secretary of the Army. Oh, what a dick. Cock. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, poor army. Uh, I could mock them for days, but only because I was in the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) Totally cock. Oh, God, of course. He finds the one guy named Cock. Ah, the good old days when we were in the kitchen. (laughs) And then uh, I... We were cooking up some... uh, I don't know, beans? I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beans, <laughs> the most obvious way to go. Uh, beans don't burn in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> and then uh, this here is from the Mifsud, Ribka, and Leaky Witnesses episode, which is the next episode, which is, I think, right around the time we started getting our sound together. Mm. So check out this clip. Okay, so on Sunday, we found out more about cock. <laughs> remember, remember from last week, the... Five. One of the Manafort indictments taught us that Manafort received a big loan from a tiny bank in Chicago that was possibly payback for Manafort getting the CEO of the bank a job as Secretary of the Army, Mm -hmm. and that guy's name was Cock. Uh, I like to call it the Manafort Cock job. Well, well, it turns out that Cock's wife filed for divorce in Chicago a while ago, and in that divorce proceeding, her lawyers asked First Republic Bank to turn over all documents pertaining to the Manafort loan. Uh, Cock's attorney tried to block the release of these documents, so a, a cock block, <laughs> a cock doc block. Uh, we don't know if the cock block worked, but those records could become public because they were used in a divorce proceeding. So that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find a link to that article in the newsletter. I wonder what she cited as a reason for splitting. I don't know. <laughs> What's it called? Inreconcilable differences. He's a cock. Yeah, and we talked about him in four or five more subsequent episodes uh, by name. So you can't use him as a rando. Cock has been indicted on bribery charges, uh, and it's nice to see one of our drafts get indicted on bribery charges. He faces up to 30 years in prison, so he'll probably get four months. Yeah, but still justice for them. I mean, for us, in At general. least in the indictment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Want to be Secretary of the Army? Dipshit. Mm-hmm. Finally, guys, we have the indictment of Julian Assange, and this is a controversial one. He's brought up on 18 counts in under the Espionage Act, which is like, whoa, uh, if you're not going to bring, like, Butina up on the Espionage Act, but, you know. Uh, and this is all about the 2010 stuff, nothing to do with the 2016 election. This is all about the Chelsea Manning uh, stuff, where he purportedly or allegedly helped her hack yeah. and steal these documents, then received the documents, then distributed the documents. And she's back in jail now, right? I believe so. Yeah, she's uh, in contempt. She's being held in contempt and in jail mm. um, for not wanting to testify in this case. Uh, and then, and, and, and this is the argument here. This is where it could, like, not be good for First Amendment or for journalists. And that's because... Um, basically he's being, there, there's certain counts that he's being brought up on. And if he, if he hacked and helped steal the material, then yes, you should be charged with a crime if it, if you have evidence of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but to receive and distribute information and, and publish it should not be a crime. Um, even if you helped steal it in the first place. Really? You think so? Yes. Interesting. Now, you should be charged. Those are two separate charges. Be charged with stealing it. Oh, I but see. But don't be charged with the distribution and receipt of it. Because once you charge somebody with receiving information, classified information, even if it's stolen, and distributing it, uh, you could then <clears throat> start jailing journalists for receiving mm. and publishing stolen and classified information, which they do all the time. Yeah. Uh, and again two separate charges one for the theft one for the distribution and receipt in america or across the globe across the globe okay 
So, like, the Washington Post retweeted the WikiLeaks stolen shit in 2016. Should they go to jail? No, I don't think so. For those for for distri- distributing, receiving, distributing those stolen documents? No, and luckily America doesn't have that precedent set where they're jailing journalists. Mm-hmm. And that's the, this could set that precedent. Oh, good point. Damn. By by convicting Assange under the Espionage Act of distributing and receiving, not stealing, convict him of that all day every day, but mm-hmm. distributing and receiving, then Trump could go forward and say and and jail the washington post for distributing the 2016 WikiLeaks documents and he's for been example. really talking about doing that for a long time so this is his chance he hates the press yeah yeah uh, and, and wants to put his you know foot on their neck mm-hmm. so that's the concern uh and it, it it is alarming but also the beans that i put on this when i first heard the news was it sounds to me like they're trying to overcharge assange with crazy shit so that the uk won't extradite him here because trump oh. doesn't even want him here to stand trial because That's he runs be the risk of, of the 2016 shit getting out. Now, of course, we, you can't extradite someone and then charge them for their 2016 crimes in the WikiLeaks hack dump shit. Mm. But you can, if you bring him in and you start questioning him about 2016 and he lies to you, you can charge him with lying. Because oh. you, if, you if you start criming after you're extradited, you can be convicted on those crimes or charged with those crimes. But you can't be charged with crimes after that you committed before you were extradited. So you're saying Trump's play could could be that if they have these these trumped up charges that won't go follow through, then he won't have to come to the U.S. and they avoid the 2016 stuff getting out. Yep, that's Damn. what I think. Damn, that's so much more likely now that I think. Those about are it. my beans, and it was cool because Maddo kind of said the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah, on her show after that. I agree with that piece of it. I don't know if I agree with the first part though. Which one about the precedent setting and like that being the goal of it? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the goal, but yeah. it could end up being that way yeah yeah Yeah. just consequential yeah that's Mm -hmm. always the case with because the espionage act does not delineate whether somebody's a legit journalist or a legit media outlet it Mm -hmm. could be a journalist it could be an actor it could be a spy it could be a fucking basketball player yeah yeah it doesn't fucking matter if you distribute and receive stolen materials uh, you know and you're being charged under the espionage espionage act if you're convicted that opens the door for trump charging journalists for doing the same thing yeah Mm -hmm. i guess i don't put anything past america but I just think that he's not an American journalist, number one. Number two, he has such a history of being such a foe to us. And none of that that... matters to the Espionage Act, though. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. All valid points. But yeah, I think as far as the law goes. Wait, what do you mean it doesn't matter? It's just going to be black and white. Like, they don't care that those things are the case. You're right about him being a foe and all those things. But the law will just blanket over that. The Espionage Act doesn't distinguish that he is or isn't a legit journalist and therefore should or should not be brought up on charges it just says you a human person on the earth received and distributed stolen or classified documents that's what you're being charged with one of those are not a nine of the 18 counts i thought it was also for him helping hack those are those are the other counts two of those counts Mm -hmm. yeah are for the hacking i think he should be brought up and charged for the stealing and the hacking for espionage yes okay cool yeah but to charge him simply with receiving any human person on earth with simply receiving and publishing documents without slope. defining what a journalist is mm-hmm. would open the door for people in the future to charge journalists under the Espionage Act for the same thing. Yeah. It is a Rubicon that's never been crossed. It's a charge that's never been convicted. It's it's a decision that's never been made by the courts of the United States. Yeah. I understand the fears. I just don't know if I buy into that exactly. But I think reading the actual documents and like every word of it is necessary to sort of decide if that's what's going to happen. It seems a bit alarmist to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also going by what 
Maddo, Chris Hayes, Mimi Roca, Elizabeth yeah, McLaughlin, Matthew stance. Miller, like yeah, yeah. A, a bunch of people that, uh, and these are some of the, right, the right. That, uh, that they were, somebody uh, uh, wrote a paper on it in 2007. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some things that, that very well do seem alarmist, and it could be, they're totally capable of just, you know, I guess propaganda in a certain degree. But I trust them, and I also feel like, um, it's just that's how, where we are right now. That's how crazy things are. It's like this is unprecedented. Like that's a fact, right? That this has never been addressed before in the courts, and that's yeah. alarming in itself. I guess what I'm having a hard time getting to is that this specific action would be the necessary step to start being able to do that, and this is how it would transpire. It it's would be one the way. first conviction of a human person being convicted under the Espionage Act for distributing, just for distributing. material, just for distributing, and that, that is pretty scary in yeah. itself. Yeah, but yeah. that's why I think it's important to read the actual documents and see like. If it's that bare bones, or mm-hmm. if they I'd put in some on other it. context, I you re- oh yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I haven't, but yeah, I tried. Just yeah, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first count is for uh, helping steal, receive, and distribute like the whole conspiracy. The next, um, I think, counts nine through seventeen are for simple just distribution. Wow. Of of the documents. Yeah. Uh, and then the other count, the final count, eighteen, is for hacking. Mm-hmm. Damn. Or h- helping hack, or right. you know. Against the Computer Act. Well, Napoleon, I'm and if the there. evidence is there, I think he should be convicted. If he's even extradited, I think he should be convicted for helping conspire to steal these documents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That I doesn't guess... have any negative effect on any journalists anywhere. Right. Yeah. I guess I meant more so than just a charging document, but like what would come up in trial and everything too, and like see how they argue it exactly mm-hmm. and everything. But yeah. Right. But, but I totally, I totally yeah. understand that. But I just don't know if I'm like on board with I don't know if I want more information. allow myself to go to That's that fair. place yet That's right fair. now if if the espionage act actually defined what a legit journalist was or we had some sort of system for knowing who a legit journalist is and you know versus an Assange type asshole mm-hmm. yeah I mean, people might be more comfortable with it but it doesn't it's exactly just, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different avenues we could take with this and I'm just worried they'll take the wrong one that's all but you're totally yeah. right Jordan it can, it can go a lot of different ways yeah but that also totally makes sense and I think that's a legitimate and necessary thing to be thinking about mm-hmm. it might not even be something we have to worry about I don't I, he might not even be extradited to the United States. Uh, Sweden might win the extradition, so he's being brought back up on rape charges there, and maybe he'll go to jail, just be extradited wow. and go to jail for It's for like rape. an auction. Who's going to get him? Yeah. <laughs> Who's got the best charges? Going once, going twice. Take a number. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even picked done our picks yet. That was a good discussion, though. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's where that stuff gets complicated, is like what it's setting on paper versus like you were saying how the, the individual context. case would be argued right mm-hmm. how the individual case would be argued and then i know that you said um and it's true that the different details of his life and his other workings and everything are th- th- he's just such a like proving to be a very kind of shitty person yeah but that's that's not what they're going to say in the court papers like we made this decision because he's an overall shitty person <laughs> but you're, that's you're not correct relevant. too in that you know if if that if he is let's say convicted on just dis- on distribution charges of stolen material and then somebody and then trump later sues the washington post for distributing a dossier and then that goes to court that court and the arguments might be that this is a legitimate news organization and then but the other then would have the defense to say we have precedent showing that it doesn't matter if you're a legit news organization. If you distribute stolen and classified totally. documents, you are breaking the espionage. Yeah. Espionage mm-hmm. yeah, no, I definitely think that that is also possible. They probably could lose on those merits, but and then that would narrow more narrowly define the precedent. Yeah, uh, which I would hope the courts would do. But with the SCOTUS as it is right now. Um, or if Trump wins in 2020 and, and puts more uh, stacks, more conservatives on the court, we could lose those. Yeah. 
And it's a hard thing because on the other side of the coin, it's like if they don't charge him with this, then what sort of, you know, precedent does that set for other Julian Assanges to come along and continue oh, yeah. to do the stuff that or he's doing? Or for the same Julian Assange to, <laughs> yeah. to, to do it in, <laughs> yeah. do it in yes. 2016 still a threat, right? <laughs> distribute the hacked Russian documents. Totally. Yeah, which he wasn't brought up on charges for, or at least not yet, that we know of. There could be sealed indictments out yeah. there. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Good points, though, Jordan. Damn, I hadn't considered any of that, really. All right, Julissa, you get to pick first in this week's <gasps> Fantasy Indictment League. Ooh, I'm going to go with AMI. AMI. Yeah. Cool. Taking some notes from you, AG. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jordan. Uh, I am doing Trump inaugural. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think I think maybe I, I probably would leave them off personally Milas because they just got the documents. Yeah, totally. But who knows? There might be something immediate in those documents that pops up and they go, oh, we get oh, indict yeah. that guy. Yeah, I yeah. Think you're right, though. Probably not. And it is Southern <laughs> District of New York, so they're pretty quick. True. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Corsi. Okay. Plea. Still thinking no, plea. No, oh. I've never thought plea. That's right. Or I did. You it, were the one that switched it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will do Trump org. I will do um, WikiLeaks. Oh, yeah. I don't know, though. Would they do that? It doesn't seem I've like been thinking about really it since that. they actually tried to subpoena them via Twitter last year or sometime. They might come back around again with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know when, but they're trying. <laughs> Me neither. I have not been doing well in this league this entire podcast. So, <laughs> As soon as they get an address for WikiLeaks, they're charging a man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Zamel. Oh, good. Nice. I for- almost forgot about Deep cuts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Eric Prince for me. Oh, yes. Um. Okay. DTJ. Nice. Hail Mary. <laughs> Hail Satan. <laughs> all right let's see if if cock got in trouble I'm trying to think of some other old deep cuts i like this you're thinking strategically yeah strategy <laughs> uh yeah no i know have you done pecker yet not yet in your life no i'm kidding <laughs> uh, it's on my list pecker. <laughs> i mean with a name like that you gotta try drink a pepsi <laughs> yeah always, always. <laughs> good joke of yours I thank you that <laughs> Okay, that's me. Uh, I'll do Trump campaign. Um, I'm gonna do Barrick. Yes. Barrick. Rando. Nice. Russians. I think some Russians yeah. might go down soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Weiselberg will be my last pick. How are we on five already? Or for me, yes. So you guys have one more each. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do a rando in the event that there's another cock-like person who hasn't been named enough. <laughs> that is that we didn't talk point. so much cock about. Yes. <laughs> cock talk. Cock talk this week. Yes, yeah, so last one for you, Edgy. Yeah. Uh, is Dylan Howard on there yet? Not yet. We'll go with that guy. Very good. All right, that wraps up the Fantasy Indictment League for this week. And guys, we will be right back with the interview. Guys, whether you're moving or spring cleaning or Marie Kondoing your life, uh, you're probably like me and you're looking to free up space in your house or, you know, your apartment or your condo. And self-storage is always an option, but it's really inconvenient. But what if there was a way to store your stuff without breaking your back or the bank? That's where Clutter comes into play. They're the world's largest on-demand storage provider. You know I'm all about convenience, and when it comes to making life easier, Clutter is the best. You uh, Finding an affordable place to stash your things has never been simpler, so you can just sit back, relax, and let Clutter take care of the rest. So here's how it works. For a low monthly rate, Clutter will schedule a pickup 
time and show up, pack your stuff, and move it to storage. They'll take a photo inventory of all your stuff so you can see exactly what's in there. And then if you need to retrieve anything, there's no driving down to your storage locker and digging through your stuff hoping it's in there. Now you can just contact Clutter, look at your photo inventory, verify that thing is in there, and then ask them to deliver it to you and they'll bring it to your door in 48 hours or less. You don't pay for packing or delivery, it's included in your low monthly rate. Plus, they have a price match guarantee, so you'll always get the lowest storage rate. Clutter is the world's largest full-service, on-demand storage experience, and they do all the work. So stop wasting time and money scheduling movers and vetting storage facilities. Experience the future of storage with Clutter. And right now, Clutter has a great sign-up bonus for our listeners. You get $50 off your first month when you sign up at clutter.com ag. That's on top of Clutter's no-hassle moving, online inventory management, free pickup and delivery, and price match guarantee. So see why Cluster is better and get $50 off your first month at Clutter. Clutter.com slash AG. That's clutter.com slash AG. Enter promo code AG at checkout. You'll be glad you did. We are honored today to be joined by the host of the new podcast, The God Show. Uh, he's the creator of all things in the known universe and a social media influencer on Twitter at the good God above. God is with us today. God, welcome to Muller, she wrote. Hello, humans. Love the show. Thanks for having me on. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, God, uh, we're a podcast here uh, about the Mueller investigation, and we're so honored to have you here to speak to us. I was just wondering what you think about what we know about Mueller's findings so far. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. The Mueller report. Shit is crazy. Much collusion. Very obstruction. And I mean, you humans don't even know the half of it yet. So much insane shit went down here. It would make your heads explode. I mean, Michelle Bachman was right. She recently said that Trump is the most biblical president you've ever had. And, I mean, yeah, this shit is crazier than the Bible. <laughs> there is so much redacted material left to uncover. And so many things the American public will never be told about. Things like plagues, child trafficking, incest, collusion, damaged testicles, bears, Russian spy bears murdering people, murder, so much murder. And, uh, of course, tons of obstruction all the time, every day, in your face, out in the open. I mean, obviously. I, I mean, so overall, I agree with your findings. There is a huge cover-up happening. And it's all done to protect idiots from figuring out that their golden cow Trump is actually a criminal traitor scumbag from hell. I mean, seriously. Uh, this guy Trump, he's such a traitor. He makes Benedict Arnold look like George Washington. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, and I'm yeah. glad you brought up that obstruction piece and that it's kind of all happening out in the open. I feel very uh, sort of vindicated that, that you noticed that as well. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be in total denial to uh, to not see that, that this is all happening. <laughs> yeah, and I think there are a lot of people that are in total denial. Uh, and, and God, I need to confess uh, something to you. Okay, you do. Uh, I was raised Catholic, and I have a rosary and a prayer candle uh, with Mueller's likeness on it instead of yours. And I wanted to maybe formally request a First Commandment ethics waiver that allows me to ironically own these objects. Or maybe I can get a blanket <laughs> waiver for everyone. Mm, sure, sure. Of course. Of course. Go ahead. Go buck wild. In these trying times, feel free to pray to and rub for comfort. Whatever little trinket makes you feel better. 
I don't give a fuck. Oh, that's wonderful news. And you're right. I think the actual golden cow here is Trump. So uh, I'm glad that we can use our little symbols of idolatry in the Mueller investigation for comfort. Thank you for that, God. Here's a question for you. Shoot. Uh, there's been a recent rash of anti-choice bills passed in Republican-controlled states, including Louisiana, uh-huh. Ohio, Iowa, Missouri, Alabama, and Georgia. Uh-huh. And the proponents of these bills use your name as justification for these laws. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us on the record once and for all to clear this up? Where does God and God's administration stand on this issue? It makes me furious. I mean, just today, just today, there was another politician in Florida that said that God told him to uh, introduce a law to make abortion illegal, even in cases of rape. And you know what? I didn't say anything to that asshole. (laughs) Mm. Thou shalt not make abortion illegal. Okay? Thou shalt not pass laws for body parts thou dost not have. In fact, let's cut that even shorter. Thou shalt not pass laws for body parts, full stop. I mean, this is bullshit. Keep church and state separate. Uh, uh, these evangelicals, I, I hate that they use me as their justification. Uh, why do these evangelicals think that I, the Lord thy God, give two shits about stopping abortions? Uh, if anything, I am all for abortions. Uh, have they even read the Bible? I killed thousands of kids in the Bible. I killed every single firstborn child of Egypt. And they had done nothing wrong. They were good kids. I, I just had beef with Pharaoh. You know, some, some of these kids were like 15 years old. Uh, so yeah, when called for, I, the Lord thy God, the Lord thy God, am extremely, I'm for extremely, extremely late-term abortions. I, I killed so many kids back then. It's insane. I, uh, sorry about that. It's, I was mad with power and I didn't give a shit about anything. Well, yeah, that whole flood, that killed uh, a lot of people. Yeah. You know, the the next flood, at least, it'll be started by humans. So I'm in the clear there. Right. And they blame you for all the shootings. And uh, I think there's a lot of Republicans out there saying uh, God is angry at at uh, homosexuals. Is that even true? Hell no. I love gay people. I even did a huge billboard campaign a few years ago. God loves gays. I put it in the hometown of the Westboro Baptist Church. I put a big billboard that says God loves gays. And, And you know what? The next year, Uh, gay marriage became legal all over the country. Well, that's good, and I'm glad that you still have a little influence down here. I think that's really important. Speaking of Westboro Baptist Church, what the hell's going on there? Oh, uh, you know, bunch of stupid assholes. We haven't heard from them in a while. They've been uh, out-trolled by, uh, you know, the douchebag-in-chief. So it's kind of nice we haven't been hearing about them. Yeah, he is kind of upstaging them, isn't he? Yeah. Well, God, as I'm sure you know, many people have been quoted on their deathbeds recently as saying that their only regret is not being able to live long enough to see the finished Mueller report. Mm, yes, I've met some of them. <laughs> and and thanks to Trump lackey William Barr, we still haven't even seen the full report. So my question for you is, is the unredacted Mueller report underlying evidence and grand jury material available in heaven? <laughs> of course. In heaven, you get to read the full unredacted report. We also have uh, angelic cameras on inside the White House. So, uh, you know, we have cameras everywhere. 
so we made it into a reality TV show called The Fucking Moron. Yeah, that's right. In heaven, you can curse as much as you want. It's great. You've earned the right. Oh, good. <laughs> that's right. So in addition to reading the report, of course, you can also watch Trump freaking out and throwing stuff at all times of the day or night. I mean, he craps himself on the reg. He, he wipes his feces on the walls. He's just a, what a baby. He, it's nonstop hilarious. So it's naturally the most popular show in heaven. I mean, say what you will about this idiot, but he's damn good at reality TV. I hear Assange has also smeared poop on the walls. Maybe that's just a thing they do. That's a thing with psychos. Yeah, they, you know, poop on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, uh, is Trump getting into heaven? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, I mean, the obvious choice is to send him to hell, but is that good enough? I think maybe purgatory for a while. No Twitter, no phones, no attention. Nothing. Purgatory with no chance of parole. <laughs> All right. Well, God, <laughs> God, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, you know, one prayer, one like Facebook schedule to uh, answer some questions for us. It really has been an honor. Do you have any final thoughts for us before you go? Yes, yes. Please, be good to each other. Don't let these evil bastards get you down. You know, a Abraham Lincoln, he's a, he's a big fan of your show. Oh. And I told him that I was coming on. And, uh, you know, he said there were a lot of easily tricked American idiots in his time, too. So he asked me to read this to you. <clears throat> we are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. Amen. Aw, that Abe Lincoln is sweet guy. <laughs> Amen, Abe. Good dude. Glad he's there with you. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for having me on the show, and bless you ladies for the good work you do here. You promised to come on The God Show soon so I can interview all on my show too, right? Absolutely. We'll appear on The God Show. It would be our honor. Sweet. It shall be done. The Lord has spoken. All right, guys, make sure to subscribe to God's new podcast, The God Show. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And consider joining God's Patreon at patreon.com slash the God Show. God is a poor content creator and is broke as a joke. Uh, so God needs your help. What else is new? Thank you again so much for joining us, and we will see you soon. All right, guys, that's our show. It was a long one this week. A lot of news, a lot of cases, a lot of indictments, a lot of wins. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, some good news this week I wanted to close with. First, a federal judge. A ju federal judge. <laughs> Very nice. Order. The end. <laughs> I hope you know what I said. A uh, federal judge has blocked Mississippi's six-week abortion ban, making no exception for rape or incest. Uh, and basically, this is the same judge that a few months ago blocked their 15-week abortion ban, and they come back with a six-week one. He's like, if a fetus isn't viable at 15 weeks what the fuck makes you think i guess he's consistent <laughs> that you're gonna come back with a six-week ban and yeah. i'm gonna be cool with it <laughs> eat shit uh and let's see that um, reminds me of the spongebob quote where patrick's trying to buy a hat and <laughs> they're like it's five bucks he's like i only have seven <laughs> yeah but i only have seven <laughs> uh let's see congrats to the west point class of 2019 the most diverse class in the academy's history i think they have 25 plus uh black women who are graduating with that class. Wow. Uh, and uh, Dylan Roof. Remember Dylan Roof? The yes. white nationalist kid who slaughtered people at Charleston yeah, Church? That's right. He was just sentenced to death. Good. Thank you. I mean, I know death is a sad thing to just hear in general, but in this case, 
it's put to some good use. <laughs> I'm against the death penalty, um, but I, you know, he should definitely be in the, away for life. Yeah, sometimes yeah. white supremacists go into prison and they get more cred than if they were free. So I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, he he took lives. He took multiple lives. I, yeah, like should, nine, like a lot. Yeah, yeah. His life Bad. should be. I think it was depicted in This Is America uh, as well, the Childish yeah. Gambino video. Oh, yep. wow. That was the church choir. Oh, my goodness. Going down. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that was what That makes was a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So, sentenced to death. Don't roof. Bye. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, you guys. Uh, please, please have a meaningful Memorial Day. And remember, don't thank a veteran for their service this weekend if it's connected to Memorial Day. This isn't about veterans. It's not about us. This Good is point. about uh, the men and women who have died. Yeah, yeah. They are fallen uh, soldiers who have died protecting the Constitution. So um, have a meaningful Memorial Day. Be safe. Uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Do you guys have any final words? I have a question. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to do a quick uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, couple of recommendations. Uh, for Netflix, um, Wanda Sykes is Not Normal is so good. It's like a bunch of Mueller stand-up material. So I was very surprised. Oh, yeah, cool. It's about the, the Mueller, res- Mueller investigation for the first 30 minutes. So it's like oh. it's incredible. Yeah. And then also um, David Letterman has his series called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction and he's having Kanye on on the 31st of May and honestly it's very political um, Kanye tries to defend like wearing the hat apparently and like he's and like, then does David Letterman defend looking like down. Julian Assange oh, good point <laughs> that beard That's is crazy like he has a cat on his lap I love it I love it mm. uh, but yeah no apparently it's a very interesting discussion about how Kanye is actually not political which is kind of silly to wear the hat and say it's not about politics um, he doesn't vote apparently so like Letterman gets him for that but he's saying that he feels like wearing the hat reminds him of being in high school with people beating him up for wearing the wrong shirt or something and i'm like kanye i get it you don't like bullies but you're defending a bully so yeah, yeah i just hated get it when fact. i wore my kkk hood in high school and people beat the crap out of me it was just not fair right but some people honestly don't see the hat i didn't do that can. yeah of course <laughs> I, I just think it's a really good discussion if you don't like kanye you might even still enjoy this conversation so yeah it's important to see everybody's points mm-hmm. of view i think yeah yeah yes i have a question for you as a veteran back to the memorial day thing so I have a like a mentor who lost a lot of friends and he talks about that a decent amount and stuff. So when Memorial Day comes around, I guess I like sent him love for that reason. But is that mm-hmm. also kind of like a faux pas? No, not at all. Okay. You know, maybe t- talk to a veteran if they're open to talking about the friends that they've lost. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, but maybe just even acknowledging that, you know, like, yeah. hey, if you, if you lost anybody, anybody, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm thinking about you. Totally. Definitely. Uh, I just wanted to make sure people weren't conflating Veterans Day with Memorial Day, two different days. I appreciate yes, that because honestly, I was confused. And then we had a, um, a listener at the Brooklyn show who was talking about how they lost friends, you know, fighting for this country and to see it all go to shit right now. It's just it's a really sensitive time for everyone. In general, Memorial Day would be a sensitive time, but especially in this climate, it's like, yeah, what are you fighting for? What did you die for? Like a lot of people were probably thinking about that. So. Yeah, that's why I broke down on the shithole countries episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because of all the uh, diverse people that I was with in the military and everybody who's lost their lives. Yeah, yeah. Just get reflection see. time for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't say have a happy Memorial Day. I right. say have a meaningful mm-hmm. Memorial Day. Yes. Merry Memorial Day. Day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Reflect, of course, take care of yourself uh, you know to enjoy the time off we all deserve it we should have way more federal holidays anyway we work too fucking much yes yeah, so we need an election day to be federal holiday. Uh, everything needs to be mm-hmm. everything just all federal holidays all the time mm-hmm. uh <laughs> all no, day I mean, every day <laughs> we, should, we should have two months off a year as you know to take at our own discretion uh but anyways guys that's the show and again uh we love you thank you thank you so much for your patronage support it really helps us pay for our health care and uh especially going forward since we don't really might not have day jobs anymore at least you guys for sure me i'm <laughs> 
still I don't know <laughs> um, but it, it is really important to us and the, and the support is overwhelming and we'll see you out on the road and we will see you patrons on Monday for the Daily Beans yeah have a great weekend I've been AG I've been Jaleesa Johnson I've been Jordan Coburn and this is Muller She Wrote Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone. This is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that oh, right? Sorry. What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It's, it's it amazing. Right, it's just... Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Teese, friends, and listen to what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... 
they were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.